Welcome to the Cherokee County Football Blitz, hosted by Will Cooper and Arthur Mosley. Guys, take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. I'm your host, Will Cooper, joined alongside my good friend, longtime broadcast partner. You know him, you love him, Arthur Mosley. Art, how you doing, buddy? Will, I'm, I'm doing well, but it's kind of a sad day today, isn't it? It's a bit bittersweet in yeah. a certain way because uh, obviously the high school football season has ended for us. For us, it has. You know, we still got uh, a few more weeks left in the state playoffs, but the, our teams in our coverage area have been eliminated. So um, this will be our last podcast for yeah. the season, unfortunately. And man, it's it, it's kind of flown by. We think back to where we're at this the foundation, financial, insurance, and wealth management studios doing yeah. our pregame show uh and, and thank you for those guys over there who've been a a sponsor of of the game of the week and also were so gracious to let us come over there and use their uh office space to do our pregame show man it, it just seems like yesterday it was in august you know probably about 87 88 degrees and now as we record it's about 41 <laughs> maybe it's going to get down in the 20s this weekend right. but uh um man we've come a long way and we saw a lot of great Great football, a lot of young men on display, and that represented our county very well. Yeah, so so this podcast is going to be a celebration of the season. So I know everybody's kind of bummed that it it, it ended, and uh, you know, as much as we're bummed, there's nobody that feels worse about it than the seniors that played. Absolutely, um, you know. So obviously, people people may not know this, but we kind of like once November rolls around, I'm kind of sitting there like, all right, you know, we're only nine months away from August, so let's get going. Here. Right. Um, but what I, what we want to do with this show is we're going to announce our all-county team. We're going to go back through each of the six teams. We're going to talk about their season. We're going to talk about their rosters, how much we, we what we saw out of them, some prizes, you know, some things that we didn't expect, um, some things that we do expect moving into next year. We'll give a little preview. Obviously, this won't be like a preseason show. We'll handle that in August of next year. Uh, the other thing I want to do is we're going to run through our broadcast schedule and We'll talk a little bit about each game that we did and, and you know, some guys that stood out to sure. us and uh, celebrate football. It's pretty much what this is going to be, and hopefully this will tie people over for the next nine months. <laughs> I don't think it will, but... And they can listen to it for about once every three weeks and kind of mm-hmm. get them through. They get a little primer and a refresher. And, exactly. Uh, you know, in the in the depths of winter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after you're coming home from a basketball game, maybe. Well, yeah, you better. Uh, maybe you plug in the podcast and just say, oh, it's only, you know, seven more months, six mm-hmm. more months, five more months, and... And while we do have people's attention, we want to make this a mention. If there is any interest in basketball coverage, let us know on Twitter because we kind of go back and forth on this where we did it a couple years ago, then COVID happened, and we kind of just let it go. But if there is any interest out there amongst the fan base for you know basketball coverage, I think there's, there's a, maybe somebody I know that would be willing to do that. Yeah, I, I think there is somebody around here in this room that might be Maybe. willing to do that. <laughs> I don't think it will be – it won't probably be like a broadcast like we do with the football. Right. You know, I, right. I think that's a little bit much. But it'll, you know, score updates, some social media stuff. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it could even grow into a, a podcast type thing. Probably not this upcoming year. I, it's too soon. But if there is a market out there, if there are fans for it, you know, we are all about the people art. Absolutely, it's you are. You you absolutely are, Will. And and you mentioned basketball. This will be my only plug for basketball. But I tell you what, uh, in the county, you've got a Division One signee in Brock Rex, uh, Brandon Rexsteiner. Excuse me, B Rock as Freudian he likes, slip. Yeah, yeah, as he likes to be called. But he signed with Virginia Tech. Kudos to him. ACC bound and. Uh, uh, Etowah's got a, a couple of uh, great basketball players. Basketball in the county has been typically has been dominated by the girls. The girls have done a phenomenal job, and, and the boys are kind of playing catch up a little bit. We saw Sequoia's great run last season. 
Um, again, I mentioned Etowa. They dropped down to 6A. Ought to be a, a force, at least in that region, if not beyond. Um, and they've got a great young player in Aiden Weaver, a 6'5 swing player who uh, I, I think is really exciting. Then, uh, you, you know, you talk about Cherokee, a senior-laden team, and and River Ridge kind of doing a little bit of re- rebuilding after the Twin Towers leave. Sequoia, Preston Parker signs with University of North Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, up there in Huntsville. Uh, so you got some guys uh, doing a lot of great things in the county of basketball. I'm a basketball guy, so right. I, that's probably why I know these things. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this is a football – this is the football blitz – not the not the basketball rebound. So I'm I'm <laughs> going to leave it there. Well, thank you for coming up with the name. That was that was easy. So, or tip off. I don't know what. Yeah, you, you, you know, I'm sure we'll workshop it. Right. It there we go. Thing. But there we yeah. go. So what we'll do is we'll hit our first break. We'll come out on the other end. We'll start with our team previews and previews a little bit, and we'll do that with the Cherokee Warriors again. We'll stick with alphabetical order since it's worked well for this point. So give us just a minute. We'll be back. Once again, you're listening to the Cherokee County Football Blitz Podcast. At Foundation Financial Insurance and Wealth Management, we believe that your insurance protection and wealth management plan go hand in hand. We start by shopping your insurance with highly rated companies to find you the best combination of price and protection. With that plan in place, we can then work with you to develop a tailored financial plan. Whether you need to save money on insurance or you need a full financial plan, call us at 678-880-9571 or come by 250 East Main Street, Suite 104 in Canton for a no-obligation consultation today. Securities and advisory services offer Packerland Broker Services Incorporated, unaffiliated entity, member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. A special thank you to our sponsors for being with us again this year. We appreciate it very much. And a special thank you to all of you fans out there once again as well. So as we mentioned, we're going to talk about the Cherokee Warriors. We're going to go over the entire season, not going to leave anything out. And we're going to take a look at the end of this segment about on their roster and what we, you know, the guys that are going to be coming back, some guys they're going to miss, and overall what we thought about the season. Um, so Cherokee for me is a little bittersweet. You know, you pull up their uh, record, and the first thing you see is that thirty-five to nothing loss against Cartersville. When I left, it was fourteen to nothing. Um, so yeah, everything fell apart for Cherokee <laughs> when you left the broadcast booth, Will. Yeah. So and I'll tell Coach Shaw that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, give me my give me give me my credit here. So uh, yeah, but you know, you you go down the list, you look at that at that loss against Cartersville. Okay, whatever. It, it was what it was. Sure. Um, I think a lot of people probably expected Cartersville to win, maybe not by 35. I think, you know, when we were kind of putting this together to start the year, we were thinking 14 21. 35, a little bit more slanted than they would have liked, but Cherokee, such a young team. You move down the list. We saw them again right after this. The Etowah game, the overtime thriller ended up being the difference on the kicker. You know, it's kind of the same thing that I would say is is that these kids for Cherokee learned very quickly how to win and lose. So they lost in a big game against Cherokee or against Cartersville, responded very well, came back against Etowah, really close game on Eagle Mountain, and then the week after turn around and beat Woodstock 34 to 6. So they really went through all three phases of the game in three different weeks. Yeah, they did. Uh you know, you we will run down the rest of their schedule, but as I'm looking at it, will at least through the first you know, five games. I think this is a team uh, that was probably closer to being three and one than a lot of people realize. Yeah. And I don't want to take anything away from their opponents. You know, the, the overtime loss to to Etowah, your rival, that's a heartbreaker. You also got to remember that that Sequoia game, and, and I don't want to take anything away from Sequoia and their great season. You know, they had to go with two special teams touchdowns. That is part of the game. Jackson Hancock making plays, and 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 you think, you know. Cherokee's going in to kick a field goal to, right. to to go up, and that that block kick it changes the complete the entire momentum. Again, those games don't have any 
impact on your reach and standing, but on your overall record, I don't think you're too far off from being, you know, like I said, three and one, that's two more wins uh, for them. And, and maybe you're looking at a five and five or five and six season as, right. as it turned out, but that's not the case. So I think them dealing with injuries and we don't ever want to make excuses, but just trying to piecemeal an offensive line together early in the season. I don't think they had a, a consistent starting uh, offensive line until they got deep into region play. Uh, so I, I, like you said, I think they had to learn on the fly, and some of that, you know, you, you have to say who's really in here for everyone. Like when it's easy to be a great teammate and a great, you know, to be all in when, every, when you're winning. But right. uh, I, I'm going to tell you, and I said I wouldn't mention basketball again, but um, and, and we can talk to Coach Cardin about it too. We kind of laugh about it. His first year was, you know, 3-23 and 23 or 3-22, and 22, whatever it was, and it was a painful uh season and nobody likes to sit through that not a coach not a player but you kind of figure out who's all in and and who's who's really and I think coach Shaw has figured out who's all in and he got some he's got some great pieces coming back and we'll talk about that but again I wouldn't say maybe disappointing for them on the win-loss column hey they made the playoffs will yeah and and the theme for this podcast is going to be you have to learn how to win and there are countless examples we'll go to, but let's start locally, okay? The Atlanta Braves have won the NLEs for five years. Yeah. It took them winning for four years to win a World Series, okay? And you saw that playoff, they climbed that playoff mountain, right? First season, quick elimination. Second season, went toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. Third season, beat the Dodgers, beat, and then winning the World Series on top of that. Okay, think about Georgia football. 2017, went, played Alabama all the way down to the wire, lost. It took them four years to climb that mountain again. It takes time for teams to learn how to win. And, yes, Cherokee has pieces on their team. Obviously, this was their fifth straight playoff appearance. You can't diminish that. But it's not something that you can just right away just replace, okay? I mean, they're replacing A.J. Swan, Adarius Harshaw, Keith Adams Jr. a couple years ago, all the guys that we've mentioned that people know. But you have to replace that, and they have to learn how to win on the fly. So that's kind of point number one. To, to round out their schedule, the weird game in this for me was the West Forsyth game, 34-7. to is kind of one of those where I think when you and I were talking about it at whatever game we were on, the 16th, probably Woodstock and River Ridge at that point, I think we kind of sat there and said, they could win this game by three, they could lose it by three, they could win it by a lot, they could lose it by a lot. Happened that night, Peyton Straco put his foot down, ended up losing that game by a lot. And little did we know that West Forsyth was kind of going to be a precursor to Wheeler, who ended up being, you know, winning that game 35-21. to And when they lost to Wheeler, I think a lot of people, including us, we're sitting there thinking, uh-oh, this is about to this is about to get bad really quick. Yeah, it could be one and nine really fast. Right, and no playoffs. Right, right. And then they beat Osborne by four. Okay, and you're thinking, all right, you know, beat Osborne, but Osborne was five and zero oh entering region play. Yep. So you're thinking, okay, you know, that's a quality win. Well, then you go back down in the valley, right? So a, a forty-one to three loss against Walton, and you just kind of sit there and go, eh, okay, here we go. It, it is what it is. You got the big three coming up, right? Right. Well, then the 47-17 to loss to North Cobb, you look at North Cobb's defense, and once again, they held Buford to 21, you know, and you kind of start thinking, 17, that's a pretty good number for this Cherokee right. team, as a matter of fact. And then, I, I think one of the games of the year, I, we'll mention a couple other games that I think are as big as this one, but that 30-14 to win against Kennesaw Mountain, finding a way to get into the playoffs and finding a way to hold a very explosive offensive team down, to 14 points, I was very impressed with Cherokee, and that to me is something that they can build off of and round out the schedule. Obviously, they lost to Milton 14 to 28 on a sun or a Saturday, but 
the thing that impresses me about this season, I think that Kennesaw Mountain game is so crucial because now next year, if they make the playoffs, all these kids that we're going to talk about here in a second have now had playoff experience and they've gone on the road in the playoffs. So they understand what that means now. So it's going to take time for them to learn how to win. But they do have these games to hang their hat on and playoff experience now that if they had not beaten Kennesaw Mountain, they would have not gotten that. Yeah, well, I completely agree. The problem you have in high school football, typically, if you're not in the playoffs year in and year out, is that roster is turning over. Constantly. And and you said, and I think not just with Cherokee, but most of our teams are going to be returning a lot of players. And so maybe we will be talking about three Cherokee County teams in the playoffs. We'll get to that you know, momentarily. And I, I agree. Well, that that Kennesaw Mountain game, I, I need. We talked about this via text. I'm going to go on record and saying I laughed you out of the room early in the season when you said, "Oh, Cherokee could beat Kennesaw Mountain." I was like, "Will, I I think you're crazy. You, need yeah. to get, you know, you need to be checked into a loony bin." I well, thought, you know, I do, and I, am. <laughs> but I was right. <laughs> you were absolutely right, and I, you know, it, it kind of took me. I had to take a little humble pie, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was sitting back one day, and I was like, "Will said that," and I need to, you know, I need to give him credit for that. So. I want to give credit where credit is due because we give you a hard time about your math, but you saw something we didn't. No, thank you. Um, And, uh, again, great win by by Cherokee, and you make it to the playoffs. Again, five straights, third longest streak in the county. Etowah owns the longest two streaks at uh, seven and six games, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was eight. Seven and eight. Is it seven and eight? I think so. Okay. Could be six. We'll have to double check it. And and it could have been – a, a long run, but there was a break in there. I think the 2015 or 16 season. It was it was one gap. Yeah, one that, one that, season gap. Yeah. So again, as you mentioned, uh, experience, playoff experience, and we talked about well, we, we we talked about that with Coach Teeter last week on the podcast about guys not being there before. Well, this Cherokee team now has two classes that have made the playoffs every single year. Right. That's very impressive. Very impressive. And, and hopefully it translates. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is, yeah, Savasir has been to the playoffs, but he's never been the guy in the playoffs. Now he has. So let's start on offense, Art. You take a look at their two deep. Um, they're returning a lot of guys on the offensive line. Now the offensive line you mentioned was kind of trying to piece it all together there. Uh, but it looks like, you know, they ended up settling on Spencer Kelly at left tackle. He's a sophomore. Both their guards were juniors. And then the right tackle, Patrick Crowley, ended up solidifying that spot. He's a junior. He'll be back next year as well. They're going to miss Michael Pugachow. And, and, you know, they had a couple of other guys, Tercero, yeah, who rotated think, yeah, in Yeah, Jay there. Ron was in there as well. Yep. Yeah, so they're going to they're gonna miss a couple of things on the offensive line. But all in all, that's pretty that's a pretty good group returning guys there. Uh, obviously, Tanner Savas here will return again. So that's fantastic news. I think he's one of the brighter spots as far as the quarterback position goes in the county. And then to me, the the wide receiving core is out of this world. Okay, pops Jamison, Wyatt Lucas, Grayson Sexton, Jace Jones, Wyatt Tash at tight end. All those guys are going to be coming back. Looking forward to seeing their development over the summer. The running back position is going to be a little weird. Okay, so Zai Johnson ended up, you know, the former running back right. moved to safety. By the end of the year, needed to come back to running back due to some injuries and and some other things. Uh, you know, we saw Christian Irwin. We liked what he ran the ball with. I think he had an injury late in the year that kept him out. He was a sophomore. I think he'll be back. I would think that they're going to go back to him. They also had Malachi Eccles, who was a sophomore. We'll see if they go back to him. So there's a couple of kids there at the running back slot that I think they will be able to return, and I think they'll be able to develop with. But that offense, a lot of cohesion there, Art. Yeah, it is. I think if you're Coach Brett O'Buck, the offensive line coach, you're really happy about four guys. You can you can uh, build around there and, and protect that young quarterback, uh, Tanner Savasir. You mentioned the the, the – 
plethora of receivers. I think they only lose one, Peyton Butler, yeah. uh, the only senior off that uh, at, out of that receiving core that's going away. And you mentioned the running backs. You're going to have to replace the experience of Zai Johnson, Christian Irwin, Malachi Eccles, both of those guys got some valuable experience. I think both of them had some injuries late, which is why they had to return, had to turn back to Zai Johnson. But I think overall, outside of you know a, a proven running back, that's a pretty good offense coming back. Yeah, very good offense. And then you turn the attention to defensively. Uh, the defensive line's all coming back, guys. Javon Hobson, J.D. Byrne, Kenyon Hunter, they are going to miss the likes of George Bogdaddy, Chris Lindeborg, and Levi Shedd up front. But still, th- those are some great juniors to be returning to me, if you want to point to a spot where this team is going to really suffer, it'll be in the linebacking core because you're going to be replacing guys in Kyan Simmons and Daniel Young that there's really not any replacement for. I mean, if we're just being honest. Yeah, uh, Kyan Simmons, one of the best uh, linebackers in the county, uh, probably in North Georgia. Daniel Young right up there, especially in the county. Um, that, that's that's a lot of re- uh, production to replace. You know, you do have Chase Montgomery coming back, who mm-hmm. saw a lot of time, battled back from an injury, and, and was still, I think, third on the team in total tackles. That's a position that is is very important for for the Warriors. And you know, fortunately, you've also got a couple of defensive linemen returning that that will yes. help help Chase out there. But uh, I'm I'm not as sold right now. Uh, you know, I I am sold on Davis Harvey, the coach. Mm-hmm. All right. But you've got some, you've got a lot of big shoes to fill, and he's been able to get it done year in and year out. And and so we'll we'll see. I, I think if you're looking at Cherokee's defense going into next year, it's almost like their offensive line coming in this year. Yeah, I would think so. And then their secondary is kind of in the middle. Samaj Burley's going to return at corner. Weston Bergman was a great safety. Caden Hilliard saw some time out there as well. Uh, obviously, they're going to lose Zai Johnson which we mentioned just a minute ago. Again, he was started at safety at the beginning of the year. And then kind of a guy who I, I would say maybe a little under the radar and also another guy who's going to be real hard to replace, Ryan Martin Jr., who really lengthy, really, really fast too. So there, there are going to be a couple of pieces there in the secondary they're going to have to find a way to replace in a region that turns out to be very pass-heavy, so they're going to need to replace those guys with some, some speed wherever they find it. So... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the secondary returns, but all in all, you know, we, you know, we talked about it with coach Shaw way back on the preseason show. You know, this year we had to learn a whole lot of new names. He said, upcoming, you're not going to have to learn that many new names. And you know, when you talk about senior starters, by my count, there are four and on offense, there are two. So six starters out of 22 guys, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, you got some experience coming back. I know you mentioned Samaj Burley, but uh, from my, what I hear, he's just going to be baseball only from now okay. on. So, All right. So you're gonna probably going to be missing him at corner, so you're going to have to find somebody else uh, to fill that corner spot. Yeah, I think Jace Jones saw some time at corner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was a guy we mentioned for the wide receiver. He's a sophomore, so they could slot him over. So uh, hopefully they can find some, some guys there on corner. And I'll say that this year of corner has been the deepest position that we've ever seen. Yeah, so many talented players at cornerback in, in our county. Uh, so great play. You know, a lot of times you get these corners and it's like pass interference, pass interference. We've seen guys that can come up and, and, and help out and run support yeah. and in pass defense and, and being able to play the football and, and, and have several pass breakups. And it's been exciting to watch some cl- pretty clean football there in the secondary. So for Cherokee fans, um, you know, on, on a scale of uh, A to F, if you want to, <laughs> I would give the season rank a B. Okay. I would say that the overall record of 3-8 and eight doesn't look that great, 
but you made it to the playoffs, and you were competitive against Milton, okay? Now, once again, we said it on last week's podcast, not the Milton of old, but Milton is Milton, and you held him to 28 points. So pretty darn good on Cherokee's part there. Um, next season's outlook, very good. Nice and sunny for them, okay? I mean, there's plenty of pieces coming back. If you're a Warriors fan, you should be fired up about the 2023 campaign. Yeah, uh, Professor uh, Cooper, you're a little bit generous on your grades there. I'm going to give my good friend Coach Saw a C, a C plus there. Okay. The plus is for making the playoffs. I, I, I think this is a team that struggled a lot, and and uh, I I don't know if I would grade them out as a B. I think they did come on strong. I think the future grade, I think the future is really bright from here. I, I would say this is a, uh, a team that probably was below average most of the season and then came on – you know, strong when it counted the most, and that's why I give them the benefit of the doubt with that C plus. I'm passing the Warriors, okay? Okay. They're gonna get a passing grade from me, um, and I probably have to, or else I won't have a basketball job, right? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think you had a little home cook in there. Uh, Cherokee grades out at the third slot in the final Cooper predictor rankings. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that, Will. Okay. I I, I know that they lost a game to Etowah, but I think at 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 the end of the season, I think they were playing. Better than when they better. saw yeah. it. And they yeah. lost Etowah by one point. Right, in to start overtime. The, right, yeah. yeah. So I agree with you on that end. So we'll hit another break. We'll come out on the other end. We'll talk about the Creek Grizzlies. So give us just a minute, and we'll be back. With Northside Hospital, you can look forward to new beginnings, look ahead to comeback seasons, and look up for hope and strength. Northside welcomes you into our community of care, guided by one clear direction, a mission to heal. Led by our expertise in maternity, heart, cancer, orthopedics, and more, you can move into tomorrow with confidence. For a healthier future together, look to Northside Hospital. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Let's talk about the Creekview Grizzlies, Art. Um, this is going to be probably one of the, the harder segments we have to do, I would think. Uh, Creekview started out number one in both of our preseason rankings. We kind of thought that after that season they had you know i don't want to say climbed a mountain per se but they had established themselves a little bit more sure than than they had in the past and anybody else there's a lot of turnover and uh we're talking about the game you know obviously they made the playoffs and then you know Carrollton, they they really a tough draw with Carrollton. i mean it, it was what it was right um well then you know you start out the season and you think okay cambridge hillgrove get the season started off right well couldn't scratch the board against Cambridge. 28 to nothing loss at Cambridge. Well, you and I were willing to chalk that up more to Cambridge's um, ability more than Creekview's inability. Well, then the 10 to 6 loss at Hillgrove was one that, that you and I both head scratcher. Right. We were sitting there thinking, uh oh, you know, is Hillgrove really that good or, or what's the deal? Keep in mind, Hillgrove at that point had lost to Riveridge by 13 points. So then we were there for the Calhoun game. And you're thinking, okay, they're 0-2, you know, they're going to have to figure things out. We talked to Coach Williams on the podcast that week. He was very hopeful, sounded like he thought they had things figured out, and they did. They played a much more competitive game against Calhoun, 26-21 to loss at the Den. Little did we know at that point that the Grizzly Den was the key to the success they were having, okay? <laughs> Turned around, dog-walked North Forsyth, which, by the way, North Forsyth's still in the playoffs in the right. bracket, yeah. so he impressive. Yeah, Trinity last week. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. You no. did. Well, hey, I, I'm a big Raiders fan. What hey, can I fighting's say? at grosses. Exactly. 
but dog walk North Forsyth, 35 to seven, wasn't even close. Turned around, beat Alatoona on a very close game, but still, when you see Alatoona still in the bracket, beat Douglas County 24 to nothing. 24-22 is a pretty darn good score. Beat Etowah big time. We were there for that game as well, 39 to 21. That game was never really in question. I know they ended up scoring that way, but you kind of got the sense pretty early that it was going to go Creekview's way. And then the wheels fell off a little bit again. They went on the road twice, lost to River Ridge in overtime. We were there for that game as well. Don't think I've ever seen such a competitive game where both teams were kept from doing what they wanted to do. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. necessarily that they were – neither of them were firing on all cylinders. It's just that they couldn't do what they what they were game planning to do. Then, the quickest game I've ever done, <laughs> Sequoia beat them 7-3. to three. Once again, that was because of a blocked punt that ended up setting up the Colby Martin touchdown run. Then they got a little get-right game against Woodstock, 38 to nothing win. And then to close things out, 30 to nothing against Rome, and that was at Rome. So you think 30 to nothing, not that bad. The problem was – their bye week was the last week of the season, and then they ended up not getting into the playoffs because they were busy watching River Ridge play Alatoona and ended up that bye week's just a waste of a waste of time. They ended up just having a, a season short, pretty much, a week shorter season. So at the end of all that, Creekview finishes four and six, three and three in the region, fifth in the region because of a couple of tiebreakers. At the end of the day, it was really Creekview, it was two Creekviews. I mean, that's what it was. We, you know, you, you'd come back from a game. You and I would call a game, even if we weren't at a Creepview game. We would come back, like that North Forsyth game. I remember you and I coming back and thinking, okay, you know, North Forsyth, decent team. We saw right. them compete with North Atlanta. And you get back to the score, and it's 35-7. to 7, It's like, all right, what Creepview fan put this in max preps? Because right. this is not the score. <laughs> well, then it's you look back, and it's like, nope, that is, that is the score. The Alatoona win, you and I called it the most important win that would happen in the season. And it almost was. It almost was. If River Ridge had beaten Alatoona or Sequoia had beaten Alatoona, it would have been. Ended up really being a non-factor, unfortunately. And then the Etowah win, you kind of sat there and went 39-21. to And you think, okay, you know, Etowah, pretty good, pretty good team. Got them at home, not bad. But you look at the rest of the schedule and you just kind of, I don't want to say you, you turn your nose up at it, but it's just kind of a what could have been. Yeah, it's tough. They were definitely a better home team, four and run record at home, and and an zero and zero and five on the road, and that's a that's a tough one. Those region games, and will we talk about that? I'll say the same thing about Creekview as I did as as Cherokee. You know, you lose two games by seven points, and it's a tale of of uh, you know a couple of bad breaks. You have a great play call dialed up against Sequoia. Uh, you get all the way down to the one-yard line, there's a penalty flag for legal formation. Yeah. Illegal formation, and that kind of is a killer to end that game. And then you uh, take River Ridge into overtime. Uh, again, have a snap yeah. that is a little bit low. I'm not going to – you know, it, it's just a, hey, man, it came down to this, and this is the – you know, this is what happened. And and, and that kind of ended up being the turning point. Had a chance to kick a field goal, doinks off the upright. It is what it is. You lose your field goal kicker at the beginning of the season. Yeah. <laughs> so this is also a Grizzly team that was battling injuries at the receiver position. Yes. And, uh, and we saw a, a couple of young men, I want to say it was Jackson Stanley, ended up uh, kind of being a, a showcase receiver for them at, at some point. And I know he played a little bit of the H-back position and then had to be moved out of necessity for, for some injuries they had. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest, you know, the biggest thing this season I, I thought was a bugaboo for the Grizzlies was their 
I never felt like they had a go-to guy that was there all season long. Right. I, I know we saw Michael Roach early and Cal Schubert in the middle of the season. He got injured, and, and then Stanley showed up. But you just never had – and Camden Lusk was in there a few mm-hmm. times. But we never had uh, a guy that, that we thought, oh, this is this is their guy, their go-to guy, and they have to have a catch. And that that's tough, especially for a young quarterback like you have. You know, you're starting out a, a – First year starter where it's his it's his show you know guest did have uh, he had some took some snaps last season but I, I don't think the Grizzlies didn't you know they're four they're seven points away from hosting a home playoff game yeah. when, we, when we look at it um, but so close but so far and you, you talk about that Alatuna team I think that game you catch Alatuna the right right yes. time before they had it figured out and at home yeah and at, yeah and at home because the Alatuna team that we saw late in the season. Was a much different team than we oh, that, that yeah. we had read about early in the season. Yes, and he, he, you know even talking to Coach Varner and he, what, what was his comment? You either get better, better or we're bad. Or, or we're, yes, <laughs> and I, I don't know if he played that for him for his team the next week, but after he talked to us, they've been really good, Will. Yeah, and so we got to maybe next season we don't talk to Coach Varner and, yeah. and, the, and the Buccaneers. <laughs> and, uh, when we had out of when we had out of county coaches, they went two and zero. Yeah, yeah. Because we had who was the, uh, Calhoun, Coach, Coach um, Stevenson, Coach Stevenson. Yep, both great interviews, both great Absolutely. guys. We appreciate them coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely, but yeah, I mean, maybe we just don't mix that next <laughs> year. Yeah, we're not, we're not. Yeah. Talk, I mean, thanks again, and mm-hmm. uh, we we do appreciate them coming on the podcast yes, because absolutely. I think it helps make what we do. It, it's really for us. It's about sp- really showcasing our Cherokee County guys, but also it's nice to get another voice outside of the county to see how we are perceived to them. Right. Yeah. You just never know where you stack up. Uh, so yeah, you know, to, to wrap this thought up here, Art, um, to me, it's a season of almosts. That's, that's the entire thing. Like you, like you said, you know, Creekview was one player away, right? Almost maybe a full strength Creekview goes five and five or six and four, you know, maybe this, that, or the other, maybe if they had this, maybe if this play was different, maybe if, you know, like think about the Calhoun loss, 26, 21, if it hadn't rained, Maybe they would come back and win that game because the pass offense was working off the play action. It was, and that was the game Creepy was up at halftime. Right. Yeah. So, that, not that that changes the complexion of the season necessarily, <laughs> right. but maybe you can. You know, you never know what happens. I mean, just from from week in and week out, you never know. But certainly, a lot of almosts. I I think it's one of these things where I I look at Creepy a, a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was a 2019 season where they beat Etowah. Maybe Etowah was going in and they beat them 14 to 10. Was that the 2020? 2020 season. Yeah. And I think I almost felt like that was kind of a kick in the pants for Etowah because I felt like they spiraled out of control. And, and again, I don't mm-hmm. want to pinpoint one game, but I feel like the same thing about you're saying about Creekview. You get one of those wins early, and that confidence is there. Um, but it it wasn't until you know that North Forsyth game and that big that was a huge game against Alatuna. But again, you catch him at home, you catch him early, and uh, unfortunately, when you're depending on somebody else and you can't handle your own business, right. uh, sometimes that happens. And I I will say, having the bye week and having to wait like that had had Creekview been Owen Owen ten going into the bye week, it, it's kind of like yeah yeah okay. whatever. Uh, but having their guys with a chance to to get into playoffs, and and I can tell you, there were some sad faces in my house when I got home from our, our yes. game uh, that night uh, against Alatuna and, and River Ridge. But uh, you know, I, I I still think Creekview is a a solid football team, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about their guys coming back. 
Yeah, uh, you know, let's let's do that. So they're going to lose a couple of guys on the offensive line. Caraballo and Knopf were the two guys that were starting at that point. I know the right tackle position was a little bit of a revolving door with uh, some some guys. Uh, Zarita. Zarita. Fernando guy. Zarita, yeah. yep. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. But, you know, the core that they've had that, that was last season that were sophomores now carry over. So Andrew Rosinski, who's picked up three stars in the offseason, the big left tackle, 6'6", 270. He'll be returning. Pearson Sears, the center, will be returning, and Cam Mears, the guard, will be returning. So they have a base to build off of on the offensive line. And if there's one thing about Creekview, typically they don't have a lot of offensive line trouble. Typically the Grizzlies come back with good offensive lines. So there's something weird about that. I don't know what it is, but it is what it is. Um, wide receiver-wise, again, this was kind of the position that you and I felt like left a little bit to be desired. Um, they're losing Camden Lust. They're losing Hayden Reyes. They're losing Cole Sackman. They're going to bring back Lee Brock. They're going to bring back Jackson Stanley. So outside of that, it's going to be up to some younger guys to step up. You know, I mean, Nick Vaccaro came on a little late, you know, big body. Saw him more, didn't get a ton of grabs, okay? He was more of a, I don't want to say a decoy. That's not really fair to him. But just a little bit more of a out there guy. You know, Marco Siegwald, kind of the same story on that one. Um, they are going to bring back Michael Roach out of the tight end position. We didn't get to see a lot of Roach. He was injured pretty early in the season, so it'll be nice to get him back. Hopefully he can get back healthy. Uh, Jack Gibson, who played that H position, who saw a lot of time, you know, he ended up getting a few grabs out of the backfield on those play-action release valves. He'll be coming back, maybe something they can develop on that end. Uh, and then, of course, Austin Guest, the sophomore quarterback, going to be returning. That's very important for them. They're going to need him, obviously. The big loss and the big question mark, just as much as wide receivers are question mark, Isaac Hubert was a great stopgap running back, okay? He, he filled the void of great creepy running backs. He's not a running back by trade. He's not going to go to Air Force and play running back. But when you leave Tyler Stevens, you needed somebody in there that you could develop the running game with. They did. Now where do you go? Okay, they got some young names. Mason Munn, a freshman. Tristan McWilliams, a sophomore. Nigel Agamang, who was the guy to start the year, is going to be a senior next year. Who are they going to trust or who are the guys, you know, maybe a stable of guys, but who's going to come in and fill that gap? I don't necessarily know. I'm left with a lot of questions about this Creekview team moving into next year on offense. I should clarify. So we'll, we'll wait to see remains to be seen on that. Your thoughts on Creekview's offense. Yeah, I think you're right. It starts up front with the offensive line. You've got three, three, three guys coming back that will be three-year starters for them okay yeah. so you got a lot of experience right there. Rita got some time and so you gotta you got one more position you got to plug in uh for the Grizzlies you mentioned receivers I think they're fine with guys like Schubert Stanley Brock and Roach that's I think that's a core four to build around this is one thing that we didn't see a whole lot of out of Creekview was a running back with the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield that is true and I wonder if uh McWilliams, Munn, or even uh, Agamang will have an opportunity to to prove that next season. I think it's running back by committee. I think uh, they've got some, you know, Agamang looks, uh, he's he's got that great big build. build. Uh, you got McWilliams, who is is kind of a shifty in between the tackles runner, and he's got a little bit of speed. And, and Munn, I think, is a speedy young guy that, that can be a change of pace. So I think you have some weapons there. Uh, receiver, I think, for, for most people would, would probably say they're unproven. But I think they have a quarter build around it again. I will go back to that that offensive line with Sears, uh, 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 Mears, and Rosinski as, as the key 
moving forward. I think Austin Guest got a little more comfortable, and I think another year working with these wide receivers. Um, but it's not going to be easy for Creekview next year because everybody is in the county is in a similar boat as they are. And I think that the biggest key for me will be on the other side of the ball, which we're about to talk about. Yeah, and uh, just want to point this out real quick. Think about the succession of running backs that they've had at Creekview, okay? So 19 was a bit of a weird year. Brody Rhodes was the leading rusher, but Tyler Stevens was there. Cole Hasty took some of the, the carries as well. Ethan Durham was also kind of a hybrid guy out of there. Um, but that's a stopgap. So they had that stopgap year. Then Tyler Stevens took over. Before him, that gap year that 19 was, oh, Cade Radham, who just happens yeah. to be the leading rusher. You talk about before him. I mean, there was B.J. Smith. I mean, just to me, Creekview always has had a running back. But recently, they've had these few years where they're searching for that back. Now, I would say the same thing about this year. Not to discredit what Isaac Hubert did, because obviously he's very physically imposing and is impressive. But the reason he was able to be an effective runner is because of that. So they did not have a dedicated running back like they normally do. Hopefully they can find that in some of those young guys next year. So that's my final thought on their offense. Uh, turning the page over to the defense, coming out of last year, we kind of felt like this was going to be the group. They were solid. They played so well last year, and to their credit, they still played very well. Their defense overperformed by about 10 points per game this year, according to the Cooper rankings, so not bad. Uh, just some new names. We didn't think they were going to have to find a lot of new names, but they did. Uh, Trey Thomas, you know, kind of... He was, I know he was in there last year, but he kind of became more of a, a segmented player, just kind of rotated in. Um, Beckett Singleton, the same way. We didn't see a lot out of Ben Duckworth this year. I'm not sure if there were any injury issues there earlier or what happened with that, but it kind of became a Cole Ehrman, Billy Sir, Griffin Jane. Well, Ehrman and Sir are gone. They're they're seniors, so Griffin Jane will return. So that that's good news. Um, linebacking core, extremely young. This is this is going to be one of the bright spots. Okay, Isaac Hubert obviously leaves. But they're going to have Brant Freeman coming back, Jack Gibson coming back, Reed Anderson, who's the quarterback of that defense, coming back. Uh, Jonah Durham, who's kind of that hybrid guy. We've seen him play a little safety, a little corner, a little linebacker. He's going to be coming back. Kevin Mead's going to be coming back. Ryan Brooks. So a couple of guys there on the, the linebacking core are going to be coming back. Look forward to those guys. Um, on the secondary is where they're going to lose a good bit. Okay, Taylor Cox Young, who's been a three-year starter for them. They're going to lose him. That's going to be tough. Ray Simpson was the guy that came on here late. He's going to be gone. That's going to be tough. Cole Sackman, arguably the best defensive player on the team outside Isaac Hubert. He's going to be gone. That's going to be tough. They're going to bring back Lee Brock. Going to bring back Josh Tootin. They're going to be bringing back Andrew Adams. And then there are a couple of young guys that really can make a difference. And, and they happen to, uh, their older brothers happen to be guys that I graduated with at Creekview. Uh, Evan Wayland and Griffin Latimer. Okay, so Evan Wayland ended up really kind of solidifying that cornerback spot in the place of Andrew Adams, who I think had an injury later in the year. And then Griffin Latimer kind of rotated in and out out of the linebacking core and the secondary. So a couple of guys there that as young sophomores, you know you know how I am about finding the next guy. Yep. You know how oh, I love yeah. to watch the tape. Oh, yeah. These are two kids that I'm telling you, you're going to want to circle, circle these guys for next year when you're making your rosters because they're going to be very impressive young men. So defensively, they're not losing a ton, but what they're losing – is very very key so again you look at the creepy defense and you kind of go uh we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah i'm concerned about the secondary i, I don't want to go into too much more detail but losing those guys a guy like sackman 
Uh, I think it's going to be tough to replace. I think Josh Tootin is probably the key right there. I know there's some other names in there that mm-hmm. we talked about, Wayland and and uh, and a couple other guys, but I think Josh Tootin is going to be the key coming back. And you've got to find some uh, some consistency back there in the secondary. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that, of course, as, as we progress. But I, I'm with you. It could be they could find a couple of key pieces. Typically, Creekview does. Once again, Creekview's defense, not a team that, that stays down for very long. And I think at Creekview, maybe the only – team in the county where you look at a four and six year and, and everybody's mad yeah i'm trying to think of a grade for them and i think it's a c i'm gonna give them a d oh wow yeah it's just the expectations were so high okay and and I, expectations are a dangerous thing for for us in the media because obviously we don't know as much as what they know in, right. in the locker room right but we put them at number one Right, we saw what they did in the last couple of years, where they had gotten that playoff experience, had had made some appearances. They had lost to Sprayberry a couple of years ago, and then lost to Carrollton, but they were competitive in both of those games. If I had gone back and told you in August that Craig was going to go four and six and miss the playoffs, you'd be the most disappointed person that I know. Yeah, I would agree. I would think that uh, they would have made the playoffs. I think again, you mentioned we thought coming in they were the number one team. We who who knew they would have had the struggles they had on the road, and right. uh, and I'm pretty sure I put Cherokee at three. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put Creekview at four. I mean, missing out on the playoffs is kind of the the bugaboo right there. And, and I know we saw those teams early in their scrimmage, and we would have been like, uh, "There's no way." Uh, if we saw that scrimmage and had to make a decision, we'd say Creekview is definitely going to the playoffs. Sequoia right. is definitely not in Cherokee. Cherokee, thank you, mm-hmm. because Sequoia absolutely did. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the Cooper predictor does not love Creekview. But they have home games. That North Forsyth win keeps looking better and better. The Alatoona win keeps looking better and better. Sure. It grades them out just barely ahead of Etowah at okay. four. Okay. So I know they have the head-to-head over Etowah, but Etowah, with the body of work they put in, was not that bad. Also, the Rome loss. I know, you know, it's still a loss, but the Rome loss by 30 points looks pretty darn good compared to the rest of the county. I agree. All right. That'll wrap it up for our Creekview talk. So uh, we'll move on to the next segment. We will join in and we will talk about the Etowah Eagles. So give us just a minute and we'll be back. Do you want to make a difference in your community? I'm Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds, and I am looking for the best and brightest to become deputy sheriffs. We offer a competitive starting salary of over $50,000 and great benefits. Come work with us at the Cherokee Sheriff's Office. Simply go to CherokeeGA-Sheriff.org and click employment at the top of the page. Become a deputy sheriff in Cherokee County today. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Art, let's talk about the Etowah Eagles. And we talked about expectations last time. I'm going to I'm gonna maintain that expectations continue to be the key to where we're going to rank these teams and, and how we feel about the season, okay? Etowah had won two games over their last two years. They were turning over a whole new leaf. They were doing it without Braden Bohannon. They were doing it without a group of other guys. You know, we, we kind of came into this year going, I don't really know what Etowah is going to be. You know, we, we thought Jack Strickland was going to be the guy. We saw him in the spring game. Only five incomplete passes, three touchdowns. You thought you knew what Etowah was going to be. They come out against Lassiter. They got two quarterbacks. They got two running backs. Joe Hercacho shows up, and he's the second back. I don't know about you. I didn't have Reese Weir on my radar at all. Not at all. And I'm a guy who tries to find the upcoming thing. <laughs> so whenever I, I see someone get through the gaps, I'm always like, how did I miss this? Well, he's a baseball guy. Reese Weir, you know, he's, right. he's more of a baseball guy. Don't think he will be from now on. It sounds like he's going to be a little bit more 
focused on the gridiron as this rolls along. But, you know, you always think about that with Etowan Woodstock. Football, not the predominant sport right now in those high schools. You know, it, it continues to be, well, for Etowan, basketball's come a long way. Right. But, but baseball. I mean, they just Absolutely. played for a state title, okay? Won one a few years back, played for one last year, yeah. And they won the one against Woodstock in the state title, and now Woodstock beat them in the state title. Yep. So just to clarify that, the two teams that are less than two miles apart have played for the state title twice in the last five years. So we don't really give that enough credit. Once again, we don't really cover baseball. If there's a market for it, let me know. We'll do it. But I'm just throwing that out there. That's an incredible thing. Imagine in football. Imagine if Creekview and Sequoia played for the state tournament for you know first you know two year two times in five years we would go crazy anyway absolutely total tangent uh you know look Etowah rolls off five wins straight in a row uh that's a lie four wins straight in a row one against Lassiter didn't really know where Lassiter was we thought they were going to be improved and they were they ended up right. having an okay season but an 11 point win we got through that you think okay so we saw him against Cherokee very nice win they looked very composed for a young team found a way to win that game they move into Forsyth Central, and they had earned the moniker of the second-half team because the first half just didn't go the way they wanted to, but they were a second-half team. Hope they could figure it out. They did against Forsyth Central, played a complete game, played Centennial at Centennial, very close, 28-21, to but they found a way to win. And you're thinking, this is a complete team right here. Then they move into September 16th, played Sequoia, who had won one game. They had lost by large margins for the most part. You look at the the time they beat Cherokee, you think, okay, two special teams touchdowns. Sequoia's really not all that. Well, they held Etowah to seven. And you think, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on here? Right. Is this Etowah or is this Sequoia? Right. Well, it it was Sequoia. It really wasn't Etowah's fault. Turnaround scored 21 against Creepview. Creepview's defense did a very good job. They did give up 39, and that's where the rushing defense problem started. That was the big... Achilles heel for this Etowah team, especially in county, was they couldn't stop the running game. Turnaround, nice win against Woodstock, 42-21. to 21. Sure, Win the Battle of Town League. Had to have that one, right. and they did. Turnaround, very competitive game against Alatoona. You talk about, they lost to Alatoona by five points, and each and every week, that loss looks so much better. And I, I think even to, to today, you know, once again, is going to play Roswell. That's a darn good, darn good loss. Yes, it is. Yep. You know, I, like I've said multiple times, if you're talking about NFL or college, you can say there are no moral victories and losses. In high school football, there absolutely are. Especially with a team like Etowah. We'll get to that in a minute. Wrapped up the season, two losses back-to-back, another 39-21 loss. Very weird score to lose by. Found a way to do it twice. 39-21, again, at River Ridge. So you lost to two of the top teams in the county back-to-back. And then the final game against Rome, Rome, Rome is Rome. Right. Yeah. Will, I'm looking at their roster from last season. You talked about it, coming, the expectation. A, a team that went 1-9 and nine, looked like they had a little bit of success with a guy like Elijah Washington at running back. Yeah, good point. He bolts for kill, okay? Yep. So you're losing your 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 primary offensive weapon. Receiving-wise, you got Will Curcio, who made my all-region <laughs> team, even though much to my chagrin or, or, or ignorance, he's not playing football this year. He's right. baseball only. Your leading receiver, gone. Jaden Maddox, defensive yeah. lineman, gone. Alton Datis, gone. Ryan uh, Lee. Lucio, Luciano Corpora Ellis on the secondary, gone. Yeah. What do they do? They just come back and win five games. It's I'm very impressed with this young Etowah team, and we I know we'll talk about players in just a minute here, but you talk about that schedule, and, and I thought they took a leap ahead. And, again, you 
some might argue strength of schedule. You got to play who you schedule, okay? And I thought they did a good job of finding ways to get these young kids confidence, and they looked really good. And there's a really bright future over there at Eagle Mountain. Yeah, so let's talk about some of these kids are going to be returning, okay? So pick your quarterback, Jack Strickland or Xavier Mahoney. Um, they're both coming back. So right. that's good right. news. Uh, they're going to lose Joe Hercacho, who ended up having about 300, 400 yards on the season. So that that's a tough loss. But they're bringing back the Buffalo and Reese Weir. So look forward to that. Uh, Ethan Weedner, Malone Pescara, Will Zazara, Mason Mancini, all those guys are returning. They are going to lose Garrett Carson. That's going to be a tough one. Um, where they're going to hurt is on the offensive line. They're going to bring back Tate Nelms, who's arguably one of the best offensive linemen in the county. But they're going to lose three-year starters, Camden McQuaid and Dylan Nichols. They're going to lose their right guard, Jordan Graham, who filled in for that role. And then to me, the new name of the year on offensive line was John Cassidy, who really solidified that right tackle position. He's going to be gone. He's a senior. So they're going to have to find some guys on offensive line to help to help solidify them moving forward. But you have Tate Nelms to build around, so that's a nice spot to start with. So as far as skill goes, we're going to know a lot of the names. Offensive line, we're going to have to learn a few new ones. Yeah, we are, and I think that uh, that's going to be a bugaboo if I have to think for Etowah going forward. Do not know a lot of those kids on the sub-varsity team uh, at, at all, but Nelms is going to need some help up, up front, certainly. Uh, we saw, however, we saw Mahoney uh, do some very special things w- uh, with the great offensive line and sometimes on his own improvisation. So I, I think with a quarterback like that and with two quarterbacks, you know, Strickland got hurt early right. in the season and they went exclusively with Mahoney. Uh, but, but again, I think, uh, will we see the development? How will Coach Kemper use uh, Mahoney going forward? That's a big question. What, what does it look like with, with Strickland? And then you you know I I, I don't think you can uh, you got a guy like the Buffalo I think uh, you throw any quarterback back there and 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 he's going to get you at three yards in a cloud of dust and then eventually break one. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, hopefully they can maintain some of that. You know, they were a very balanced team. Yes, that's that's what my key to this season was for them. Uh, let's talk about the defense now. This defensive group is going to have to look completely different. All right, they're going to bring back Draven Cole, which is great. They're going to be back Grant Griffith, who rotated in a little bit. That's great. They're losing Drew, Drew Doran, Joseph Lago, Justin Davis. In the linebacking core, Luis Martinez, who was a running back, transitioned to linebacker last year, did a great job. Jamerson Riva was a new name that developed into a fantastic player. They're going to lose Frank Mosley, Jameer Maxime, both those guys in the corners that you and I have come to find a great respect for. I think they're absolutely amazing corners, some of the best I've seen. Um I'd put him up there with the Austin Trimbles of the world. Yep. Um, ben Pierce, the free safety, is going to be gone. They're going to bring back Vinny Passini, who took over at safety. Brody Hendricks going to be coming back. Uh, and Joshua Harding up the middle and Christian Nelson going to be coming back. So those two guys are very important for them. And they also, I'm going to put myself on the spot here, they had a young freshman that ended up getting hurt pretty early in the year. Uh, Taiwan Fabian, who's going to be That's coming right. back. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing his development as he kind of grew into his own. So hopefully he'll be able to return and, and come back a little bit stronger next year and solidify that defensive line as well. But he's a guy that on my last two deep was scratched because of injuries. So, um, But with all that being said, there are some pieces, just like we said about the offensive line, there are some pieces, but they're going to have to return a whole lot. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, the, one of the things about Etowah, you talked about that undersized defensive line that, that kind of struggled late in games. It kind of got worn down. I wonder what will be the, the the answer for that. And you did mention, you know, having Taiwan Fabian will be a good a, a good answer in the short term, but you've got – you have to replace a couple of starters. So – and then that, on the back end of that secondary, I think it's very difficult to replace guys like Mosley and Maxime and, you know, a couple of guys who have been uh, multiple-year starters. So uh, my, my question is you do return some good linebackers, but, but for Etowah on the back end, what does that pass defense look like? And can you get a pass rush? We know that Coach Kemper, they did focus a lot more on the offense, but they're, I think both their lines of scrimmage are the big question mark for me. Yeah, and, and we can talk all day about the gimmicks and the schemes and the skill – but it comes down to the lines of scrimmage in football. That's what it always has come down to. So it's going to be up to them to find so find some guys in the in the youth program that they like that they're going to replace these guys with. Um, again, every offseason it is my life's work to find the next upcoming guys. So hopefully by the time we talk in August, I'll be able to actually tell you who should fill in these spots. Here we go. I, be- I believe in you, Will. You've, you've always done a fantastic job, and you educate me coming into the preseason in Cherokee County. That's, well, that's for sure. my job. That's what I like. <laughs> I like being the guy that's got the down low on some of these guys. So Not Dave with the down low, right? No, it's Will with the down low. <laughs> once, once we're established, he can come okay, back in with okay, the stats okay. on the back end. Uh, yeah, so Etowah, 5-5 five and five season for me. They grayed out at the end of the year at 5. Real close to uh, Creekview there at 4, though, is, is a razor-thin margin, quite honestly. But, once again, we talked about this at the top of the segment. 5-5, five and five, expectations are everything. I'm going to give Etowah an A- minus as far as the grade goes for their season. Yeah, well, I agree. If you, uh, I, I also had them at 5 uh, behind Creekview, and, and mm-hmm. that – to me, that head-to-head there was probably the big difference. And I think Creepy was a team that was on the precipice of getting into the playoffs. Etowah finishing with that 1-5 and five record on the outside looking in, as we know. But uh, in terms of expectation, look, I- I'm going to go ahead and give the-, the Eagles an A for the season. I mean, yeah. they shocked everybody. This is uh, – this is like uh, this is probably a bad analogy, but it's like the kid who sleeps in the back of the class and it turns in the paper and gets an A. Yeah, that's sure. what I felt because uh, it, it, when we found out that Elijah Washington had transferred, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. is going to be an absolute disaster," uh, and it was absolutely opposite. Yeah, and but you hope that this is, you know, it seems like a few years ago it was a two-year turnaround time where the coach's second season is where they figured things out. Maybe now it's three seasons in these programs. I don't know. Keep in mind, Kemper had a, had a COVID year to start, so maybe you don't get to establish the program the way you mm-hmm. want it to. Hopefully this is the new expectation, right? We've seen, you know, think about Coach Collins at River Ridge. He came in, rebuilt that program. Etowah, to me right now, is very similar to 2019 River Ridge, where they're just not there yet, but they're getting there. And it seems like the next year could be the year. They're losing a lot, but the coaching is going to be there. And I think they have a good opportunity to turn around and, and pull this thing off next year. And they were close to a playoff spot. They had a path pretty late in the year. I think they'll be competitive. Offensively, for me, Etowah was probably the most exciting team to call. Y- yeah, Etowah, every every time we called their game, it seems like there were a few plays that Mahoney made or, or Weir made or you know some of their receivers where you'd kind of sit there. And when you're doing the broadcast, doing the play-by-play, you kind of think, how do I describe what just happened to the listeners? And you kind of just have to say, and and you know, Mahoney did Mahoney things, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know that I know that doesn't sound great, but for anybody who's seen him in person, knows what I'm talking about. He spins left, spins right, ducks under somebody. The Buffalo runs somebody over, spins around somebody, and you kind of watch him on offense. You just kind of go, well, 
there goes Etowa doing Etowa things, and there's not a lot I can say about it. Yeah, Xavier Mahoney spent a lot of time this season putting putting defenders on skates. And putting us on notice, put the county Absolutely. on notice. I Absolutely. Mean, that's, that's what I would say about him. So looking forward to seeing what Etowah can do again. Final grade for us, A and A minus. Looking forward to seeing what Etowah can come out with next year in a 2023 campaign. But if you're an Eagle fan, a lot to look forward to. I think Etowah could be the next up-and-coming team, and hopefully they can continue that success. Hopefully it's not a letdown year, but hopefully this is the new standard for them and, and even more than that. Absolutely. Where do you go from here if you're Etowah? Exactly. Next next point, you had the 500 season. Next steps to get the winning season. And if you get a winning season, you're in pretty good position to get into the playoffs. So hopefully they're able to do that. So with all that being said, we'll hit a break. We'll come out on the other end and we'll get ready to talk about the River Ridge Knights and their season in the 2022 campaigns. So give us just a minute and we'll be back. When you are the official sponsor of the comeback... Adding a few feet to a drive matters. First down. So does shaving a tenth of a second off a lap. Top-rated surgery, physical therapy, and motion analysis by the sports medicine team at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta helps young athletes not only prevent injuries, but heal faster and return stronger, ready to win. Our more than 25 orthopedic and sports medicine locations are ready to assist your athletes come back. To learn more, visit choa.org slash sportsmed. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Art, let's talk about the River Ridge Knights. Man, River Ridge was, was a, a team that you and I, when we talked about it in the preseason, kind of sat there and went, I got no idea what's going to happen. We knew that they were probably going to be pretty good just because of a couple pieces they were returning. Obviously, Jackson Head's a nice big target. Brendan Dye was coming back on defense. Uh, Andrew Hand, who ended up making a name for himself in the 2021 season, was coming back. But they missed the playoffs in 2021. Went 6-4, and four, but missed the playoffs. Yeah. We're kind of sitting there thinking, what is Riveridge going to be? Or is this going to be a down year for them? They were, retur- they, you know, they were trying to replace Latham. They were trying to replace Morrison. They were trying to replace a, a bunch of guys on the Ryan outside. Riley, uh, uh, Martineau yeah. on the outside. Yeah. So they were trying to, to find a couple of pieces out there. We didn't really know what they were going to be able to pull off. Well... They ended up not losing a whole much. You know, they found replacements for those guys. And it started out with a quarterback battle with Ethan Spector and Isaiah Coughlin. We saw them kind of split in duty. Uh, first of all, open up the season. Nice win against Hillgrove, 27-14. to 14. Didn't really know. I, I think the key for people to understand about when we start out a season, you get that first game. And we kind of look there and go, okay, who knows what that actually means? Because you don't know, you know, if Hillgrove had gone 9-1... and one, that's a great win. Absolutely. If Hillgrove goes one and nine, you're sitting there thinking, why they only win by 13? So you, you always take the first win of the season. You go, okay, that's cool. That happened. Well, then you get to, to game two, 43 to 13 win over Pope. And that seemed like a big win. In reality, wasn't all that impressive. But at the time, hey, whatever. <laughs> 45 to 42 win over Sprayberry. Another game where you kind of think, okay, whatever. Good win? Sure. Well, it's okay. It's right. a fine win. Sprayberry right. went to the playoffs. Didn't get very far, but they went. So it's a fine win. Ended up losing to North Atlanta at North Atlanta, 27-13. to Very weird game. The game was later than normal because North Atlanta shares that stadium down there in the Atlanta public system. They ended up having a few turnovers. The quarterback position was back and forth. Could never find any answers. So, you know, River Ridge ends up 3-1 and moving into region play. Oh, well, whatever. Three and one's not bad. We were there for that Woodstock game. First time we saw Riveridge, 44 to nothing. The running game was obviously the strong point, right? Jackson Head was a bright spot. Grant Hollier was back as well. But the running game was really the bright spot. 
Well, that happened to play into the Chiefs' hands once again. So Sequoia had just beaten Etowah coming off the bye week. We're thinking, what is Sequoia actually? River Ridge is 4-1. We're thinking this is a, a for-sure lock playoff team. Well, Sequoia ends up beating River Ridge. And you kind of think, okay, hold on just a minute. Maybe Sequoia is better than we gave them credit for. So at this point in the season, River Ridge is 4-2. and two. Sequoia now has back-to-back wins, three wins against Cherokee County teams in a row. And you're kind of thinking, well, you know, maybe Sequoia is a little bit better than we thought. Well, then we were there for the Creekview game, and that was where River Ridge kind of proved that they were just ahead above most everybody else in the county outside of Sequoia with that game where they outlasted Creekview, had a little bit better of a game plan, found a way to win, the ball bounced their way, pulled it off, riding that high, go to the bye week, then they drop a huge one to Rome. And you're thinking, you know, this is a River Ridge team that in the past had beaten Rome 42-10 to 10 in the playoffs. They're not going to be you know, surprised by what they come with. Well, 56 to seven, that's, that's a pretty, pretty sizable loss. Rome doing Rome things. So they rebound, beat Etowah. We were there for that game as well. 39 to 21. Nice win over Etowah. That once again, that was a game that after the first quarter, you're thinking this could go either way. After the second quarter, you're thinking this, this is River Ridge's right, game. And, right. they, and it ended up being, and then the most disappointing loss I've ever seen, not in the sense that River Ridge, played poorly but the most unlucky team i have ever seen 31 to nothing loss at alatoona that really kind of doomed them unfortunately because you know you have to go play langston hughes after that yeah just a a, really a tale of a a couple of uh, like two halves of the season almost for the for the knights and and you mentioned uh, a, a few good wins in there early uh, the big win over creekview to to kind of set them up in playoff contention uh, but late in the season, unable to, you know, we, we mentioned unable to beat Rome. And that's that's a tall task with, with the way Rome is playing this season. Uh, uh, unable to to get anything going against Alatuna. And you close out, uh, you know, you have Etowah sandwiched in between those teams. But just a kind of a tough season. Now, the, the, the bonus is you do go to the playoffs. But uh, the Ridge had a chance to, to go in there and, and perhaps – uh, you know, make a way if they beat Alatuna to go play Douglas County, a team that we think they could have beat defeated. Um, and, and I don't want to make this an Alatuna segment, but this is a team that Alatuna has shut out their last three opponents. Right. Um, so again, a much different team. I think a much different Alatuna team that, that River Ridge face versus Creekview early in the season. And also when you think about it, um, you know, like you said, the unluckiness of the the ball bouncing so many different ways. The, the interception of the screen pass, <laughs> return for a touchdown. The the pick right before halftime, return for a touchdown, and it was just like, are we watching? Is this really happening? And and of course, that would also happen to be the game that we had the most unluckiness in our broadcast <laughs> with our some of our technical difficulties that we had having to call that game from a cell phone. Uh, the miracles of technology, <laughs> if you want to call yeah, it that. I, I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> I would call it the failings of technology. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, River Ridge as a, as a team, like you mentioned, coming into this, we didn't know what they were going to be. I think if you look at them after last season, not making the playoffs and with a lot of question marks, I think this is probably a win also losing their offensive coordinator. He moves over yes. to Walton. Um, but here's a team that, that comes out and, and with some, a lot of young talent, you did mention a, a guy like Jackson head, the only guy with, uh, I, I think playoff experience off of that team this year. There uh, might Brendan die. Okay. One, yeah. yeah. But you don't have a whole lot right there. And, and um, so I think making the playoffs is probably big, 
their playoff opponent was probably a little bit too much uh, yeah. skill-wise for them. Yeah, I think Langston Hughes may be a little bit too much skill-wise for everyone in 6A. Uh, uh, most. Yeah. yeah, most for sure. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the bracket, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it was an unfortunate draw. We'll leave it at that. Um, so, with all that being said, their season, once again, expectations, no clue. I'm going to give them a B-. minus. I'm going to give them a B plus. Okay. I, I think, uh, you know, six and five to end the year, your, you know, your record is regular season record is, is identical, but I think with the pieces that you lost and the uncertainty, I think coach Collins, staff did a, a, a remarkable job of getting them to, to that six and four season. I think they'd have to have a couple of those games back, but uh, you can't do that at this point. And uh, great, great job by the Ridge. They're my number two team. Will. Yeah, me too. Same. Uh, let's take a look at some of their returning teams. So, they're going to return both tackles. Paul Carnerio, I believe is how you say his name. I apologize if that's not correct. Right tackle, John Fletcher. Everybody knows his name at this point. He's going to be returning as well. And then the center, Daniel Green, is going to be returning. Two guys that have started for the past couple years, Hornbuckle and Aubers, will be leaving. That's going to be tough. They're going to, they're going to have to find some interior guys to replace those guys, okay? Um, outside, Jackson Head's the name. That's that's pretty simple. Daniel Fitchner is also going to be a loss. That's going to be a tough one. Fitchner ended up being a much bigger part, as is MJ Ayers. Both ways, they're going to lose MJ Ayers. That's a tough one. Going to bring back Andrew Hand, who was had a couple of grabs. Adam Lipsy, who really came into his own to end this season, the sophomore. And then Thomas Thompson and Grant Holly are going to be the guys that are returning. So those are two guys that they're going to have to utilize a lot more now that Jackson Head's gone. One of those two guys is going to have to be the guy. Okay, or somebody else that we don't know of yet, but they're sure. gonna have to find the guy now because Head has been the guy for the last three years. He has. I, I want to say this. I had a chance to see their junior varsity play, and they've got a couple of receivers now. That's gonna kill me because I can't remember their names. <laughs> but a, a couple of guys that were able to high point footballs that you thought, "Wow, these are these." This is impressive for for some sophomores who we haven't haven't seen, and they were the passes were being thrown by Colton Florence. All right, mm -hmm. he's a. By trade, I think Florence is a defensive back. Yeah, something like um, that. But also, you know, doubled as a quarterback for the JV team. So I think there's some players in the wings for River Ridge at the skill position. You got to like what you see in the running back it, yep. it, out of your backfield, period. Um, and again, I, I think up front, you talked about the two guys they have to replace uh, in Hornbuckle and Albers. Uh, but I think this is an offense that is set up to to have a similar or better season. I expect to see a few more points per game out of the Knights uh, coming up next season. Yeah, Spectre, a sophomore, is going to grow into that role as the starting quarterback. I would imagine they'll solidify him at quarterback. Isaiah Coughlin's going to be the athlete moving forward, whether that's running back outside a wide receiver, wherever they want to move him around. He'll grow into that role and accept that a little bit more now. And then Camden Cox, maybe the most impressive freshman I saw all year, um, you know, ended up with over 500 yards, 5'10", 180, you know, very impressive freshman. So it's going to be interesting to see how they grow that backfield. Yeah, I agree. I think we, with Coughlin and Cox, you do have two viable options and uh, uh, maybe you limit a little bit of the damage, the wear and tear on these guys' bodies by splitting carriage. You carries. You mentioned uh, uh, Coughlin, his ability to, to play a few different positions and uh, hopefully help out in that passing game because I do think you do miss out. I, I think kind of like I, I don't want to compare the two because I think A.J. Swan as a Super 11 was a, a, a extremely – special talent but I think Jackson Head in his own right is special especially to those Riverage Knights and that that go-to receiver that leader that guy who wasn't afraid to stick his nose in there and block and a guy who was I, I think 
willing to go do things on the defensive end also, that's going to be tough for them to replace. So how, how soon can Holly or Thompson or someone else step up in that receiving core? Absolutely. So offensively, not, not losing a ton. As we mentioned, Jackson Head, very important. Can't overemphasize that. But outside of him, the, the skill guys are going to be mostly the same. Now the offensive line got a couple of guys going to have to return and figure out what they're going to need to do to replace those guys. Right, now you said not really losing a lot. Now Jackson Head, uh, more than 30 receptions uh, over their next receiver this season uh, at 51 receptions and, and more than double the next next guy on the roster. And, and I should clarify not losing <laughs> many players. Not the number, not the production. They are losing correct. a lot of production at that yes. position. Yeah, just to clarify that. Uh, moving the page over to defense, okay? Ethan Anderson. They're losing Ethan Anderson. That That's a tough one. They're also losing Jackson Head defensively, by the way, which he ended up being a lot better on defense than – well, quite frankly, he had never played defense sure. before, so who would have known? Right. Uh, they're also losing Jimmy Altamirano up the gut. That's a tough one. Israel Deese is going to return. He was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say, uh, kind of rotational guy. Kind of solidified himself a little bit later, but a junior. The linebacking cord looks pretty darn good, okay? They're losing Brendan Dye, which is a tough one, but Wyatt McCarthy's coming back. Will Hughes, Brandon Burdett, that's a pretty good group to return. In the secondary is where there's another little bit of a drop-off. MJ Ayer is one of the better corners we've seen in the county. Christian Pancera, Andrew Hand will be returning at the safety position. That's good. So they'll be able to return him. Christian Pancera on the other end at the other safety. He was a very nice part. Matthew Lipsy ended up solidifying himself at the corner spot. He'll be coming back for his senior year. And Chase Kilburn got a couple of starts over at corner, so maybe he can be the next guy up in MJ Ayer's spot. But... It's not going to be that easy. They're going to have to find some guys to fill in some slots on defense. So, Riverridge, as far as returning goes, it's kind of either way. You're, you're, we're going to know a lot of names, but at the same time, they're going to have to replace some big pieces on both sides. Yeah, they are. Uh, and I think defensively, a guy like Brendan Dye, they're going to struggle with that. The, the good news is you bring back Hughes and Burdett, uh, guys with some experience there in the linebacking core. And then up front, Anderson, a guy who really came on strong and kind of filled the shoes of a guy like Brian Bradley, and yes. he was very disruptive up front. So, again, an Altamirano, probably uh, uh, maybe an undersung uh, hero for that defense as well. I, I think on both sides of the line of scrimmage, similar to Etowah, you're going to have some question marks there. But I, I think early, if you're River Ridge, you're looking for the offense to to figure it out while the defense – or offense to, to keep it going while the defense figures it out. Yeah, I would think so too. So uh, season grades, as we mentioned in the Bs for us as well, final rankings, I, I have them at two graded out in the Cooper yeah, predictor. same, same. Yeah. All right. So with all that being said, we'll move on to our next team. That will be the Sequoia Chiefs. So give us just a second, and we'll be back. Feed all the hungry people in your life at Culver's of Hickory Flat. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Hickory Flat is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Hickory Flat, 6778 Hickory Flat. Flat Highway. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Let's talk about the Sequoia Chiefs and their season. So Sequoia, really a tale of, of two tapes, and this has kind of become Sequoia's M.O. They typically don't start out that great, but they find a way to get back in it in the late parts of the season. They definitely did that this time with the defense, as this was one of the best defensive teams I've ever seen in person. Uh, they did it 
consistently they overperformed by a little bit under 12 points per game by the time you grade out all 12 or 11 games that they played. With all of that being said, they're returning a ton on both sides of the ball. We'll get into that in just a minute. I want to go back over their schedule, though. Obviously started out tough. You drew Lambert. Uh, okay, Lambert is what Lambert is. It's, it's a tough draw. Turn around, played Raven Gap. Raven Gap was an opponent that you and I kind of sat there and went, we got no idea what this team is. There's nothing to compare them to. Still right. really nothing to compare them to. But a very competitive game. And you think, okay, they're figuring things out. Well, to make it hard on themselves, they decided to go to Cedar Town. <laughs> Lost that game 35 to nothing, which at the end of the day really isn't that bad of a loss. Right. Right. Uh, turn around, beat Cherokee. Once again, special teams kind of think, okay, you know, they, they you know, not a, I don't want to say it was a fluke win, but they didn't do it conventionally. It wasn't like they lined up and, and imposed their will on Cherokee. It was just the special teams bounced their way a couple of times. Special teams are a part of the game. Don't want to diminish that, but it wasn't the conventional win. Well, then they started to find themselves, okay? A nice win against Etowah, a nice win against River Ridge. They had that game against Rome where they had tons of guys out. It was not the typical full-strength Sequoia team that we're used to seeing. Came back home, found a way to beat Creekview in a very important game. It was a nice win for them, 7-3. Found a way to win it. Turned the page, went on the bye week, lost to Alatoona 10 to nothing. If you want to talk about a game you wish you could have back, that would be the game to have back. I think in all of Cherokee County, if there was one game that you could go over and redo, that would be the game to go over and redo. Because if they find a way to win that game, the complexion of the season is totally different for River Ridge, for Sequoia, and then obviously for Creekview as well. So kind of it just just makes you mad sometimes. Not, not anybody in particular, just kind of at the circumstances. Yeah, it does. I think uh, you might have one or two county teams moving on. Uh, that would have uh, left kept Alatuna out of the playoffs, but uh, you know, going back over that schedule, uh, you're right. It, it, Sequoia uh, over the last few years seems to have started slow, and some of that it, I can attribute to losing their quarterback, their starting yes. quarterback, Jackson Nesbitt. Uh, game two, yeah, in game two, and that overtime loss to Raven Gap. You have to, you know, I think they're down a couple of quarterbacks. You go to Colby Martin, the it's freshman, quarterback over number five. I think. <laughs> And you have to go with the freshman over at, at Cedartown and, and uh, a, a team that is, again, my pick to win the Class 4A title uh, and just kind of get fits and starts. And they're still trying to figure some things over there, over there at Sequoia. But I tell you what, uh, as the season went on and, and I kept picking against Sequoia, I kept getting some uh, notifications from uh, maybe a very venerable uh, defensive coordinator that might – coach at Sequoia asking me, Hey, am I a believer? Am I a believer? And I said, uh, yeah, but yeah, but, <laughs> uh, by the end of the season, I became a huge believer and we knew what coach buddy could do. Um, uh, and, uh, that, that defense really kept them around a lot of games. I think some of that with that young quarterback, uh, I think they started to come around Colby Martin did. And I was very impressed with him late in the season. I just think it's a, a tall task. And even in that playoff game yeah. and, and, a, and a game that was, we haven't even, scratch the surface on talking about that game but uh i don't know that they want us to <laughs> uh, i i tell you what I, I i thought it was it got got a little chippy um i thought there was a, a lot of woofing that it didn't need to go on i'm i'm you know i'm all about hyping your team up but some of the some of the the showboat i'm cool with uh not in your opponent's face and we should clarify that was one way yeah yeah i i, I and i think and again the South Paulding, Jamario Wilcox, by far the best running back I've seen this season. Yeah, right, oh, you know, 
no doubt about it. He is like you mentioned, Will. If 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 there's a better four star running back, I'd love to see him. Right. Yeah. I'd, uh, most impressive. Casey Wiseman throws a really pretty ball. Uh, you know, up front they do a great job blocking. Their defense was so so. I don't. I didn't think there was anything that was like set out. Uh, that overly impressed me. I think in that game, that probably that Scarver linebacker yeah, who, who has an offer yeah. from Coastal, he he's fine. But uh, I, I think, and I, I don't want to take anything away from South Park. Sure, they won the football game. Yep. Regardless of what I think about their antics after plays, they mm-hmm. won the football game. I, I think they were the better team that night. Uh, the, the big key was probably that maybe you can point to a lot of things, but I th- I'll say two things. One, the the turnover on the kickoff that kind of puts yeah. puts Sequoia behind the eight ball, and they were battling uphill from there. And then, man, on that fourth and goal from the one, the defensive stop, the, the stop for for South Paulding was so impressive. And and I think at that point, I don't want to say the air was out of the sails, but but this is <laughs> that was a drive well that Sequoia chewed up eleven minutes and forty seven seconds of the clock. And that I'm not talking plays. about yeah, I'm talking about of the game clock, right? Just and 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 again, I'll say this, Ronnie on the spot keeping stats for us at home, yeah, uh, and relaying to the relaying them to us was was amazing. So, um, again, you got to give your. I know we are the 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 front guys now, I guess, for the broadcast, but but our uh, the guys that we work with are phenomenal and. And I don't know if you'll find a better group of guys to call a football game. And I'm not talking about me and you. I'm talking about the guys that, yeah, that we have surrounding else. us. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, and I, I want to give a shout-out to the Sequoia fans, okay? Not an easy trip over to South Paulding. It's about an hour away. would have been easy for a lot of people to phone that one in. Sequoia came ready to cheer for these Chiefs, and they did a fantastic job. Obviously, South Paulding, not a, uh, a well-coached team. I mean, I'll just throw it out there. I, I, I would say from a skill standpoint, I would say they're well coached. Your skill's a, not skill's a, not coaching. A discipline, uh, just some of the just the extracurricular activities, I just think that that will come back to bite you. And there were a lot of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties early. And I just don't think, uh, you know, next week when they go to play Gainesville that um, a, a team that's probably a little more dynamic than Sequoia – Offensively, um, uh, you got a coach who's won several state titles, uh, who's really turned that Gainesville Red Elephant program around. I, I think that's something they're going to have to really clean up. Um, I, I don't think, and I don't think Sequoia was intimidated. I don't think you're going to no. intimidate Gainesville. And again, I, I, Isaac Keene, uh, Madden Sanker on the line for for South Paulding, really impressive. But again, I, I was as much as I was impressed with South Paulding's athleticism at, at the skill position, I was just as impressed with. Sequoia's ability to maintain their composure yes, and their toughness. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was very impressed with a young Sequoia team. It would have been easy to get in the like, in, sucked into that, right? Yeah, take taking the bait for lack of a better term, and Sequoia didn't. So credit to the Chiefs, young team, but very impressed with how they handled themselves out South Paulding with a team that, uh, quite frankly, it's just not going to work against Gainesville. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. It's a different. Different uh, elephant in the room. I wonder if they were doing that against Langston Hughes. <laughs> Just a rhetorical question. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it, it was cute. It was cute. Back like, to Sequoia. But like, back to Sequoia. Last thing I'll say about it: South Pauling's drama department 
does a fantastic <laughs> job of putting on a play of a football game. That's all I'll say about it. So I won't um, say that. I just, I, I, but I will say I don't think they were doing that woofing against Langston Hughes. And they won't be doing it on Friday. Uh, okay, so Sequoia, let's talk about some of the returners. Okay, let's start with defense this time. Going to lose Ty Moores. That's a tough one. Uh, Going to lose Devin Beavers. That's a tough one. Going to lose Cole Jordan. That's a tough one. Defensive line, though. Ian Mariah ended up being a bigger part on offense on Friday night than we expected. But as a defensive end, he's very imposing. Going to be looking forward to seeing him grow into that. At, at tackle for them, they're going to have to find somebody, okay? It was kind of a committee. You know, Brady Curl was the guy that got some starts there to start the year. He's now the offensive line. He was left tackle. I don't know if they'll move him both ways. We'll, we'll see where that ends up. Tucker Lively was a guy that I had listed there that maybe had a couple of snaps. Um, the linebacking core, okay? They're going to lose a couple of nice pieces. Going to bring back a couple of nice pieces. Walker back and Rowan Steele are going to be out. But Tewo Ogundale, Chris Jordan, Nathan Pruitt, Graydon Zarder, Drew Zablotny, those guys are coming back. That's, that's a nice group to return. So I think the linebacking core shouldn't be hurting too much. Uh, secondary, this is where it's really going to hurt them. Okay, Ridley Joseph is going to be going. Cantrell Davis is going to be going. Cole Massey going to be going. So you do return Bretton Darling, who's one of the most athletic players in Cherokee County. Jackson Hancock obviously plays both ways. I assume he'll play both ways next year, kind of solidify that safety spot. Cam Walker was a corner that kind of filled in a little mm -hmm. bit in some duty in a nickel setting and also for some injuries. He'll be nice to have back. He's a junior. But the secondary for Sequoia is going to be looking for answers. Yeah, especially, like you said, at the cornerback position. I like Darling and I like Hancock back there in the secondary. You mentioned uh, Zablotny, uh, Agundale, uh, you, you mentioned as well. Um, you know, Chris Jordan, we talked about up front. They're going to have to find a, a replacement for Moore's extremely disruptive, similar to Ethan, uh, Ethan Anderson over at River Ridge, Will, and, and, and Mariah, if he comes back uh, at, at defensive line or at, at running back. We don't know. Right. He, he looked really good in the playoff game, very physical young man, also an outstanding baseball player as well. So uh, don't want to uh, uh, forget just that athleticism and just a sophomore, uh, Will, and uh, – I, I I don't – I won't question Coach Buddy. So I think this defense will be ready to play. He's earned that. Yeah. <laughs> come I think mid, he's earned Come mid-late August uh, in 2023. Yeah. So we're looking forward to seeing that again. We'll, we'll keep an eye on all that. But very impressive season from Sequoia. Let's talk about the offense now as we got some young guys that we should also mention here. We talked about how some of those guys on defense are going to be coming back. Well, let's take a look from left to right on the offensive line. Brady Curl, he's going to be coming back. Jimmy Anderson's going to be leaving. That's going to be tough. Dimitri Morris, the center, looks like he'll be returning. Tewo Agundale is going to be gone. So keep in mind his brother Tywo is the linebacker. Tayo, the right guard, he's going to be graduating. And then Asher Martino on the right side is going to be returning. So offensive line's going to have a little consistency. The guards are going to have to be replaced. But outside of that, they got some nice consistency. Uh, Colby Martin's a freshman, so we're going to see him for a while. So if that's where, if that's the direction that they feel they should go, then they definitely have him back. Again, I don't think there's any reason not to, but we'll see what they decide to do. Uh, the wide receiver position that when in their offense really isn't utilized all that much, they're graduating Cameron Massey and they were graduating Alex Conti. So those two guys are going to be gone. At the tight end position, Ty Moores is going to be gone. Ian Mariah ended up being much more of the guy but he ended up also being much more of a fullback. Right. So who knows where he's going to end up 
on that side of the field. Uh, at wingback, Jackson Hancock, obviously going to be returning Eli Jurgensen as well. Those are two nice guys to have back. They're both going to be seniors next year. They're going to lose Cruz Wright, who I think was a- uh, hampered a little bit with some injuries. Mm-hmm. Javon Salazar is going to return. So that'll be a nice addition to them up the middle. Tyler Bell's going to be returning. He's a guy that was also banged up for a little bit throughout this year. It'll be nice to have him back. Hopefully he can get a full season in. And Asante Chamanda is going to be graduating. So that's kind of some some ideas of who's going to be graduating and returning. But hopefully some consistency there. There's some nice consistency in the backfield and, and up front. So I, I feel pretty good about Sequoia's offense. It was their Achilles heel this year. But maybe another year into the system, you get Colby Martin to understand the offense a little bit better. Although I will say he handled the the setting at South Paulding beautifully. You would have never known he was the freshman quarterback. He didn't make any freshman mistakes. So... I, I think the future is pretty darn bright for Sequoia. Yeah, well, I agree. One thing uh, we talked about, uh, it looked like Sequoia played about 17,000 quarterbacks this season. Mm-hmm. And, and in all honesty, it looks like uh, th- three, four guys, they went you know, went four or five deep uh, before they settled on Martin, all, all due to injury. I'm interested to see if Jackson Nesbitt comes back and challenges uh, for, for that starting position, or, or does Martin really take the reign? And I think that'll be a battle we see in the offseason – uh, uh, for for the Chiefs, you mentioned the running back. I think you, you did mention uh, uh, Chamanda mm-hmm. uh, uh, leaving, and you, you also mentioned um, uh, Cruz Wright. Thank you very much, Cruz Wright, graduating. But I, I like who they return, especially with, with Mariah, the way he ran the ball. Tyler Bell, healthy, would, would be a great addition. You've got Hancock back there. As well, and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of Jurgensen mm-hmm. as, as, as well and Salazar. I, I think that's a great stable of backs for a team. I, I think this is a Sequoia team, Will, that, that can rush for, for over 2,500 yards next season. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think so for sure. They have another year to grow into that. So looking forward to seeing what Sequoia does. All that said, I, I'm going to give them a B-plus on the year. Yeah, I'm going to give Sequoia an A. Okay. I, yeah. I, uh, because I, I had them, uh, they're, they're going to round out the season as my number one team. Yeah. I had started them at number five. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't want my face on a, uh, a bullseye board in Coach Teeter's office. So I'm, yeah. I'm and, and I'll say, I, I, I laugh and I kid, but I think I, this is Sequoia far out, out, exceeded any expectation I have. And if I was grading them one through five, that they would absolutely get a five. And, and they would get the highest highest raise. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think they got an eighty nine in my book. Okay, I think they're wow, right there on wow. the premises of it. Well, Professor Cooper getting tough with the Chiefs. I don't think so. I I just are, the ex, you, it wasn't the expectations were. Here's the thing: Sequoia always gets a team. They always get three and seven. They always go four and nobody six. Nobody always always is in nevers will. <laughs> well. I don't believe in very many absolutes. That's why I'm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They normally yeah. do. They, They're they, competitive in, in yes. most situations. Yes. So I think even though we didn't know what to expect, I didn't expect Sequoia to go 0 and 10. I didn't expect them to go to the playoffs necessarily, but it is what it is. So glad they did. Obviously, I mean, we would rather. I mean, we'd love a way for all six of our Cherokee County teams to get in. That would be awesome. Don't think it's mathematically not, not possible. possible. We can get five. You pick. You guys can pick. Let us know which, which ones you want in. We're, we're four. We're four all five out of the six. But anyway, so with all that being said, let's hit another break. We'll come out on the other end, and we'll talk about the Woodstock Wolverines and their season in 2022. So give us just a minute. We'll be back. There's been so much talk about distracted driving, you're probably sick of hearing about it. Well, we'd rather you be sick of hearing about it than lose your life doing it. 
The caring staff with Sosby Funeral Home in Canton reminds you that we all have to go sometime, but don't rush it. Wait your turn and don't drive distracted. Keep your hands on the wheel, your eyes on the road, and make sure you stay alert and arrive alive. Drive safely and help us protect our teens. They're the only future we've got. Brought to you by Sosby Funeral Home, honoring life from 191 Jarvis Street in Canton. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Art, let's talk about the Woodstock Wolverines and their 2022 season. Not going to beat around the bush. It's not the season anybody when Woodstock wanted. It just simply it was not, okay? It started out tough, 46-7 to loss against Osborne. When you look at what Osborne did through their next four games, that's a little understandable. The loss against Hiram. Hiram ended up beating Calhoun. You know, okay, not, not a terrible loss. Lost Cherokees, 34 to 6. That's not so bad. Cherokee's a playoff team. 61 to 14 against Lasseter. Mm, it, it, yeah, when it rained, it poured. And it, yeah. it, it, it poured a lot in that game. Yeah, River Ridge ended up beating them by 44. That's a game that River Ridge put on the breaks. Uh, Rome beat them 70 to nothing. Rome does not know what breaks are. Uh, Alatuna, 41 to 7. That was kind of Alatuna's get right game, unfortunately. Uh, most competitive game was against Etowah all year, which you kind of expect, to be honest. 42-21, to 21, that final. Found a way to scratch the board a couple times. 38-0 uh, loss to Creekview. Once again, Creekview put out the anchor really early. They scored on their first five drives, and they, they put out the anchor early. Um, and then they closed out the season with a 56-12 to 12 loss against Sequoia. Um, simply put, it's the same thing we've seen at Etowah, okay? Etowah, it took them three years to get where they wanted to go. We're hoping it's the same story for Woodstock. We're hoping it's the third years where you start to see some some things turn around. So let's talk about some of the guys they're going to be bringing back. Uh, they're losing Tyler Duth at, at left tackle. That's a tough one. Okay? Right. Duth, it's been a, a stalwart there, you know, three, four-star guy. It's going to be tough to lose him. Uh, up front, their middle three, Nate Washington, Maddox Mann was the center, and then Cameron Lavette. They're going to be returning those guys. Uh, right tackle Cameron Smith is going to be graduating, so hopefully they'll be able to figure that out. Uh, obviously, they're also going to lose Adonis Garcia. That's a tough one. Garcia's really been a bright spot for them over the last two years in this tough spot. Losing Dan Cuomo, that's a tough one. Cuomo's been, you know, I know they kind of platooned a couple of quarterbacks. Obviously, Tyler Hoff. Ended up taking over the starting role a couple of times, and then Peyton Lynch was a guy that also filled in on the back end. Outside of that, they got some pieces, okay? Isaiah Peyton's going to be coming back. That's a nice one. Elijah Kofer's coming back. That's a nice one. Uh, Chase Kalina, Luke Renninger, I believe is how you say his name, another wide receiver. Um, Sherrod Ellie, Tobias Sally. So they're going to, you know, they're bringing back some pieces. It's just putting it together right now, and and hopefully this by the time we're sitting here next year in November, hopefully we'll be having the same conversation we're having about Etowah. Yeah, well, uh, you're right. They do have a lot of pieces, but they're unproven, and I think that's the. I, I think you're prob they're probably sitting. And I don't want to put that expectation of they're going to have a five and five season sure. like Etowah no. did last year. Um, but you've got some some guys with a little bit of game experience, and can they put that together? I think we took take a look back at Woodstock season. One of the bugaboos for them was their inability to establish a run game or get a mm -hmm. whole lot of consistency. But there was a couple games they were in. You know, the Cherokee game they were in for for a little while. They were able to uh, uh, to score a couple of points, and, and their defense helped them out then. But uh, when you can't get off the field, and this year they just had a little bit of trouble getting off get uh, their defense getting off the field one and their offense staying on the field with sustained drives it it makes for a long season a long game i think we saw that more often than not unfortunately and again it's a very young football team will right well it seems like other teams would drive down the field score 
Woodstock would get the ball back, throw three incomplete passes, or throw two incomplete passes and run for two yards right. and punt it on fourth it's, and eight. That's, it's very tough when you can't get any consistency. Right, and you hold the ball for a minute of game clocks. That's why some of these crooked numbers got put up, because yeah. there was no, no establishment on that end. Uh, moving over to defense, a little bit more returning, okay? Adonis Garcia, again, he was a two-way player. He's out. Brody Mullen's going to be coming back. A young guy in Tyler Barbara or Barbera, I don't remember exactly how you say that, but he's a freshman. He looked pretty impressive. He'll be coming back. Chase Kalina, another guy that's very impressive, young guy. He's going to be moving into his junior season. He was a freshman starter. He'll be coming back. Luke Renninger, we talked about him. He's going to be coming back on that side. Uh, Drew Burmeister up the middle, he's going to be coming back. He's a nice piece. One of the toughest losses, Carson Gray. Carson Gray has been a, a establishment in Cherokee County for the last three years. Going to be tough to replace his um, really production outside of outside yeah. of anything yeah. else. Uh, Evan Stacy, another young freshman that got some action. Tate Washington was a guy that really impressed you and I when we did the River Ridge game. He's going to be coming back, so that's a nice return for them. They're going to be losing Nate, Kristen Kalina and Cameron Smith on the defensive line. They're going to bring back a couple of guys in Quincy Constant who got some snaps and Israel Silliman Jones, who's going to be coming back as well. Some of those guys never really solidified themselves in those positions, but they're going to have some opportunities, okay? So hopefully Woodstock can find some things. They have some young pieces, and, and hopefully those guys will be able to grow into that a little bit more, and they'll find some answers. Yeah, I think for, for Woodstock, the key, again, that the, the if the offense can help the defense out a little bit, I think they'll be a lot more competitive next season. And uh, again, a lot of, un, a lot of I, I would say a lot more unknowns on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side with some of those guys that are moving on to graduation. Uh, but again, I think you, you're right. Burmeister and, and, and Washington down there, a couple of really bright spots. Uh, it, it's it, and they're just gonna have to they're gonna have to grow up fast. Yeah, very fast. So hopefully they'll be able to do that. I mean that that's basically what it comes down to. There's not a lot we can say about this because people know what we're talking about. I mean Woodstock had an inability to defend the run and an inability to run. So hopefully they can develop that in the off season. Obviously we know that Coach Hoff is a fantastic coach. We saw what he did at East Side Covington know that he's certainly better than, than this record. I just think that, that it's the same story that we saw at Etowah for two years, just like when Etowah went 2-18. and 18. You're sitting there thinking, I know Coach Kemper is a better coach than this. It's just that transition period to get the program where they want it to be, and there are growing pains involved with that. So I think they've got it. I think Coach Kemper's got it where he wants it. I wouldn't be surprised if, once again, maybe not 5-5, five and five, but they win a couple games, get on track, and, the, and that roster starts to build a little bit to where Coach Hoff wants it. Yeah, I agree. I think you bring up a great point about Coach Hoff. You know, he, he he has had success in his past, and this is a guy that knows how to coach. And he's probably, you know, I, I would think that maybe people in, in Woodstock are kind of scratching their head, like, why did we bring this guy over? And again, look at his record. He yeah. absolutely knows what he's doing. And uh, I think for people that think, uh, man, if they can do a better job, they'd probably be more than happy to have some uh, – some help down there volunteering on the sideline. Uh, yeah. and, and I say that in, in jest and, and, and kind of in humor, but in all seriousness, and, and this is a, a conversation I'm going to probably go off on a little tangent here and maybe a rant uh, I've had with a couple of my, my coaching friends around, not just around the county, but uh, across county lines. And it's, it's, it's a, you know, do sometimes you wonder, do fans really think these coaches are out here trying to lose? Right. Or, or not trying to, to get these kids in the best position to to win. And I'm not saying that, you know, you can't blame a coach. At the end of the day, uh, the, the buck always stops with the head coach, right? But I, I think um, 
man, so, in some of these instances, some of these coaches deserve a little bit of grace uh, because it's not the coach that goes 10-0 that is the best coach. Sometimes it's the coach that only wins one or doesn't win any yes. that's able just to keep things together that has done his best coaching job. And so uh, just take that with a grain of salt. Remember that uh, as we're, uh, you know, as, as fans, we can become super critical uh, of these guys that are pouring into these young men, all right? Yeah. A lot of these kids, uh, while we like to see them all go on to play college, a lot of these kids will not play, put on pads after their senior season. And and hopefully uh, the experience that they're having, whether they, they win 10 games or, or don't, is one that, man, that coach and that staff really cared about me. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. And hopefully Woodstock can turn that around. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on that throughout the offseason. Hopefully find a couple of pieces that can, you know, and it's not all personnel. Sometimes it's learning how to grow in that system. And the thing, too, is, you know, these guys that we're talking about, some of these younger guys, they're maybe, you know, 5'10", 150 right now. You never know when you're going to get that roster next year and they're going to be six foot 180, 190. Exactly. And they, they just happen to have had a great, sim, a great summer in the weight room. They've been eating great. They've grown up. You know, it just happens. It's, it's high school-age kids, right? That's the key is you got to remember it's kids. So you never know. You just never know. So hopefully there'll be some pieces there that they can find, and some of these kids that they have utilized will grow into those roles a little Absolutely. bit Absolutely. All right. So uh, I'm going to give the season ranking for them a D. Okay. Simply because we didn't really know what to expect in their second year. We kind of figured it was going to be a tough one, and, and it ended up being, you know, I think they grew a lot, though. I think they found some pieces at the end. You can't really give them enough for that. Yeah, it's it's tough here for Woodstock kind of grading them out because I think in my preseason I had them ranked number six. I, I, I thought maybe they win one or two games this season. They didn't, so um, I, I would say they, they underperformed my expectation, but I'm not going to go so far as a D. I'm going to be give them right on the edge and say C-. minus. Okay. Because they were right, they ended the season right where I thought they would be. Yeah, sure. So, and and you mentioned it six in my power ranking and well, six in mine as well. Yeah, yep. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for our season pre or reviews. I should clarify. So, what we will do now is we'll hit a break. We'll come out on the other end and we'll run down our WLJ broadcast schedule. Talk about some of our favorite games and we'll also release our all county team. So, make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll be back in just a second. Once again, you're listening to the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. At Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, we don't have locations across the country. Our stores are right here in Georgia. Our customers aren't numbers, they're neighbors. Your kids probably go to school with our kids. And chances are, your furniture is our furniture. So the next time you're thinking new living room, dining room, bedroom, or new mattress, think Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, Georgia's furniture and mattress superstore. For nearly 30 years, locally owned, Georgia grown. With more than 35 years of courtroom experience, the attorneys at the Heller Law Firm are known as the go-to team for important legal issues in Northwest Georgia. If you or a loved one needs help with a criminal charge, overwhelming debt, divorce, or moving forward after a serious accident, call the Heller Law Firm today at 770-345-1130 for a free confidential consultation. And as always, play hard and have fun. Welcome back to the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Let's talk a little bit about our broadcast schedule, Art. You know, we always enjoy being able to go out on the road, see some of these teams, some of them at home. Always a great thing. First of all, huge shout out every fan base out there. You know, once again, this is our sixth year of doing the broadcast. My personally, my fifth year of doing it. Art, you're second with us. Never have I ever seen so much hospitality from everyone and i would have never expected it so thank you from the bottom of our hearts to everyone who came up to us this season spoke to us we appreciate it so much it's been a pleasure getting to know your your sons and and your families and and we appreciate it so much looking forward to getting to know some new ones next year and, and seeing some familiar faces as well 
it's the best part of our job. It's, it's you know what we love to do. It's why we love to do it. It's the people. So thank you all for being with us, and and thank you all for for an amazing season. It's been beyond measure compared to the ones that we've had in the past. Yeah, well, I like to think uh, that I'm going to take all the credit for that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. It has been. I'm, I'm going to tell you who gets the credit is is really the communities that have allowed us to to step in and, and be part because. Uh, um, you know, we, I think we have said this before and you've said it, you know, Hey, if you, if you get our call and all our calls are on the YouTube page, you know, you yep. want to use that call in your highlight package, nothing we do is for our own gain. It's all, we, we just want to use our stage or our platform to elevate these young men around the County. And hopefully we have done a good job of that week in week out. And like you said, I will tell you the community support that we received this year has been unmatched. Uh, in my time, uh, it, you know, it, as well, from from the folks that the the Sequoia admin and and, and for, I will tell you, Sequoia, we don't get a chance to interact with them a whole lot because we were on the visitor side. But right. when we were at the game on 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 Friday night, just amazing and great, and, and the kind words that that that's that the the fans had for us, and also that coaching staff. Uh, you know, the, the red carpet we give, we, you know, if anybody had a chance to throw eggs at us when we rolled up in, it was River Ridge. And man, yeah. they just rolled out their red carpet. Instead, they feed us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Creekview do, do always, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, they, they I, I would say early adopters uh, yeah. for oh, us. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, Etowah doing a great job. Cherokee always so hospitable to us as well. And so it's just been, did I leave somebody out? Woodstock. Yeah. I mean, Wood, just, just, yeah. Especially, especially, uh, you know, Woodstock in particular, you know, yeah. I know we didn't get out as much as we wanted to at Woodstock this year. It just happened where, um, you know, to be bl- brutally honest with you, when it comes to the end of the schedule, you're trying to find the most competitive game. Sure. And uh, we, you know, we were lucky to be there when they played River Ridge and we were thankful for that. But at the end of the day, it, uh, and, a, and a special thank you to the athletic director at Woodstock, Julie Crow, who always, you know, is, is very hospitable. Absolutely. And, and, you know, everybody at, at Woodstock that lets us just, you know, every school. I mean, that's the thing. We, we're we kind of an inconvenience. We're aware that we're an inconvenience. Um, you know, everybody that's there is, is not going to listen to us. They're there for the game. Right. So there's no reason for them to be nice to us other than the fact that they, I guess, like us or they're nice or something. So Maybe it's the coverage we provide, Will. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to think we provide something. But, uh, so all that being said, Art, let's jump into some of these games. Sure. All right. So first of all, Octo- or October, August 19th, Cherokee played Cartersville. Obviously, personally, a rough day for me. <laughs> for anyone who, who I've alluded to this twice, if, if you didn't, if you weren't a fan to start the season, I had a kidney stone mid-broadcast. Just call it doing the play-by-play, and then it was all of a sudden I had to get out of there. Art and Zach handled it beautifully, um, but personally, not a great day. But you know, and and you look back at the game, thirty-five to nothing is not a fantastic game. Didn't obviously didn't go in the way of our Cherokee County team, but. I don't know about you, but August 19th, I'm just glad there's football. I don't really care what it is. Yeah, you know, in the past couple of seasons, Will, we had the Corky Kell to look forward to. Right. Did not have that this year. Kind of a mixed blessing. Uh, so yes. We just call one game in that first week. And like you mentioned, unfortunate. Um, you know, even leading up to that, just the technical difficulties that, that nobody knows about that we had right yeah. before we go on air. And then, like you said, your stone that you had to deal with. Uh, Zach Gross, Charles Bruchel, uh keeping the wheels on the bus and uh, really appreciate those guys as as I was able to step in as well. And I, I will say that Will heard that that tape replay and vowed never to miss a game again to do the play-by-play. So I thank Will for not ever missing another game. Oh, yawn. Tough, tough, <laughs> tough game for the Warriors. I, I think we, we 
we thought they would be a little more competitive, but that Cartersville team, that defense, uh, so good early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, we stuck with Cherokee. They went and played Etowah at Eagle Mountain, our first time at Eagle Mountain on the year. Probably the best game we did all year. I would say one of the few – Maybe we'll we'll talk about some later in the, in the season that may compete, but man, that was an awesome game, so fun. Second overtime, the, you know, I think it was Xavier Mahoney's coming out party. Really, it was kind of the the showing where he started out, and you know, the Buffalo became much much more of a factor in that game. Just an awesome atmosphere. It was great to see, and and overall, one of my favorite games that we've done in the year and and really one of the most memorable games i've done in in my career i think when we look at exciting games and and what what do we look for as as a broadcast staff is is just a competitive game and and you can have a competitive game when teams are are you know winless in in my opinion and this one uh it was competitive the teams were it was a spirited rivalry game was the oldest rivalry in cherokee county and you had exciting explosive plays on both sides of the ball i think that really makes for a great broadcast call and and uh you're right a game that goes into overtime double overtime it's free football for us and uh again uh, you mentioned xavier mahoney's coming out or xavier mahoney's coming out party and i think it was he was our Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram player of the game that night. And uh, I think that's when he, at least for us, he really burst on the scene. Yeah, J.D. Byrne was ours for the first game. Uh, yes, so. yes. I don't know if I can do all these from memory, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> uh, game three, we did Creekview and Calhoun. That game ended up being a dandy. Obviously, we mentioned that on the Creekview segment. 26-21 loss for the Grizzlies. But to me, this was when you really got the feeling that it was football season. September's here. A little bit cooler. Ended up raining at the end of the night. You know, tough loss for the Grizzlies, but... It's always good to be at Creekview. They always take good care of us. And at the end of the day, man, it was one of those games where you realize there were two really good football teams out there, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, you get a team like Calhoun with their stored history coming over uh, to Cherokee County. Uh, they've made the trip over here a couple years now, and we talked to Coach Stevenson, and, and what a well-coached ball club they are, and uh, and played the, the Grizzlies you know, in a game that was nip and tuck. Again, another game, may, because it didn't go to overtime, maybe not as exciting, but another game that was great to call, and, and again, that rain maybe changed a little bit of the uh, the outcome, but hats off to, to Calhoun and, and that victory, and, and uh, man, that was a game where Isaac Hubert, I think, really took over as the as the uh, running back, starting running back for the Grizzlies, and we we kind of saw a change a little bit in that offense. And he was our player of the game, absolutely. Player of the game. Uh, moving on to September the 9th, we did Cherokee and Sequoia, our second intercounty matchup of the year. This game to me was like a fever dream because you come in, <laughs> Sequoia is 0 3. Cherokee had just come off with a win against Woodstock, and you're thinking, okay, you know, Cherokee's gonna they're at home. Sequoia's having a tough year. When you leave the stadium and it's 30 to 14 and they did it in the most improbable way possible with two special teams touchdowns from Jackson Hancock, like we mentioned, it's just kind of one of those games where when I look back on it, it never seems real. Like I don't have like that, that like, I don't know. It just kind of feels weird in the ether, but I remember it a lot because it was such a unique game, a unique game. Sequoia starting a freshman quarterback going into that game and, and uh, one of my memories from that game late late in the game and after – this is one thing we always talk about, that wing tee. Yes. You don't ever want to let them get a lead because they can really bleed the clock and really uh, when it when they've got it dialed in and Coach Teeter has been calling this offense for so long and when he's on his A game, he's tough to stop and his play calling uh, does a really good job with that. But you mentioned the special teams, Jackson Hancock blocking a punt. And I almost played that – it looked like – and when the when the blocking excuse me I say a punt it was a field goal um, it almost looked like 
Cherokee was a little stunned, and and nobody stopped. Hancock blocks it, picks yeah. it up, and then runs for a touchdown. And we're like, oh boy! And, and you could you could feel the momentum shift to the other end. A couple of big plays running the ball. I think they caught him off guard. I think it might have been Jurgensen or, or Salazar at, at running back had a huge play. Um, uh, and then again, uh, Cherokee behind the eight ball there. Fantastic game again. Like you said, you, you walk out of there and you're like, did that, did that really happen? But I think one of my memories from that game will be, from, even from our vantage point, the smile on Coach Teeter's face late in the game when they were salting that away. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think maybe a, a few seconds left in the ball game when Colby Martin comes over to the sideline. you got to think, what a relief for, for Coach Teeter starting that young freshman quarterback and, and a great moment in high school football, in my opinion. Yeah, Jackson Hancock was our player of the game in that game. That was, once again, two special teams touchdowns will do it Absolutely. for you, anybody wondering. Absolutely. Uh, River Ridge Woodstock, this was a great game. Obviously, you know, it was a little slanted towards River Ridge towards the end, but Woodstock played a pretty competitive game to start. Um, at the end of the day, the thing I remember most about this was the beautiful weather, the atmosphere, and the Woodstock fans. We were treated very well there. And uh, I think it was the moment that, that you and I maybe realized that the podcast had a little bit bigger of an effect than we realized because we've been to Woodstock a lot in the broadcast team, but it was the first time when people walked up and said, oh, you're Will and Art. It's like, oh, they know our names. They've never seen my face, but they know my name. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was that was a cool moment. But the game itself, obviously a little slanted towards Riverridge, but like I said, a, a very memorable game indeed. Yeah, it was a, a memorable game, and, and again, Woodstock, the the fan support uh, was great. The the just to, to have that have the appreciation for what we do is great. And again, we you know we're not doing it for uh, you know uh, fame or recognition or anything, but it's nice. It, it it is a little humbling, you know. You go out there and you're like, ah, oh, this is what we do has a real impact in the community. And and I'll tell you, there's been a couple of times, Will, where someone has said aren't you art? And I'm like, I recognize your voice yep. and that, not my face. And so we we experienced more of that as well this year where people were able to put a name with a face. Tough game that night for Woodstock. We saw River Ridge really try to establish that run game. And that's when we thought, okay, maybe this is a, a River Ridge team that has figured it out. Isaiah Coughlin was our player of the game in that one. I believe I'm so. Pretty sure. Uh, bye week. I was at the beach. That was a good bye week. You were in I was Utah. in Utah. Yeah. That was a good bye week, yeah. except I missed football on Friday night. You, yeah, that's the you know thing. that's the thing. It was being out of town. We don't get a whole lot of bye weeks, so so if I get a chance to go out of town, uh, or, or if I'm out of town, that I don't have a chance to go to a game Friday night, and and I'm kind of a high school football junkie, you, you know. Both <laughs> so we we had to fill it in with the Gulf Shores Dolphins. There we go. So. I. I did not. Shout out to the Dolphins, by the there way, making go. it to round three this there Friday. Uh, we came back out of the break. Etowah Creekview, this was an awesome game as well. Once again, a very high-flying offensive performance from both teams. Really impressive on both ends. Really liked this game. It was a lot of fun to cover. And, and again, it was just another one of those Chamber of Commerce days that we had a lot of this year. We had great weather, which typically doesn't happen. So, uh, awesome game. Again, Etowah showed up, showed out. Fantastic crowd from Etowah. And the Creekview faithful came out and did their thing. So, that was a really fun game to do fun game you mentioned the great weather it it should not have been great weather right they played right. that we thought we were going to have a huge weather event here in north north central georgia and this didn't materialize they moved the game to a thursday night it was again a chamber of commerce not a i don't think from that hurricane or, or tropical storm or depression however it rolled up mm-hmm. when it whenever it got to georgia and i think it really impacted south georgia and the coast yeah um uh, a hard right turn yeah to at, see. yeah um, but, uh, you know, not a, nary a drop of rain fell that night or that weekend. And it, it ended up, you know, giving a lot of people their Friday nights back, uh, 
Um, but uh, great game, a, a game that was competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, we know the score kind of probably got out of hand a little bit. Uh, one thing I remember about that game, Creekview coming in and taking almost almost all the time off the clock in the third quarter uh, to, to really kind of stretch their lead. And then Etowah kind of wore down. We talked about that that late. But very competitive game early and a fun game to call. Yeah, it became the Cal Schubert show as well. Yes. Cal Schubert was our player of the game. Absolutely. In that one, so congratulations to Cal. Uh, moving on, we had Creekview again, this time at River Ridge. It was the first time we'd been to River Ridge all year. We really don't like being to schools that late, but unfortunately, this you know, River Ridge just didn't play a team at home that kind of took any precedence. So I think that'll change next year, by the way, but just for, for argument's sake. Uh, great, once again, this was the overtime game, our second overtime game of the year. This was one that I would say was comparable with that Creekview or cherokee Etowah game early. Um, a lot of fun, came down to a field goal, came down to missed opportunities at the back end, but very impressive win from River Ridge. Really liked what we saw at River Ridge, and our uh, player of the game was Grayson Van Glider for hammering home that clutch field goal to end that. Absolutely. This one was really, I know that the score, they put up combined 37 points, but yep. uh, this was really a defensive battle. Uh, and and uh, some of the things that Creekview really wanted to do, River Ridge did a good job of game planning against that, and then vice versa. You know, uh, Creekview's defense, I thought, really kept them in the ball game. And uh, it, that's one of those ones where it was unfortunate any team, either team had to lose because they, they both uh, played a phenomenal game. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we did Sequoia Creekview, the quickest game we've ever done. Oh, man. Uh, out of the broadcast booth at 10-12. All yeah. right. We'd wrapped up with the with the post-game show. It was ridiculous. Uh, our player of the game was Ty Morris for blocking the punt. So congratulations to Ty on that one that set up the score. Very cool story about that, but at the end of the day, this was one of the most memorable games simply because of the implications as far as the playoff seating goes. Yeah, well, you, you, it's with high, the benefit of hindsight now, and, and we thought that was going to be a big game anyway. We we honestly thought this was going to be a game that would decide the home playoff team because right. you know all we thought, oh, Creekview just needs to win this game. We know they dropped one last week. If they win this game, uh, we like their chances of, of, of being a two or three seed. Um and Sequoia certainly had other plans, and 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 again the Ty Moore story. I told it before, but when we went down to give him his his player of the game plaque, it was you know I was talking to Coach Buddy and and, and Moore's, and he's like, yeah, you know we we didn't really have a block on, and and Ty said, hey, we're not really moving the ball offensively. I can block this punt, and so he went out and blocked the punt. <laughs> Uh, he Tom Moore's is a man of his word. If, yes. if there ever was one, <laughs> and uh, again, not a whole lot going on. I think one of the things I will I will take away from this, and we talk about the there was a, I think Creekview missed a few opportunities when they had Sequoia pinned deep in their own side of the field in the first half, and weren't able to get any points on the board in the first quarter. I think that came back to bite the Grizzlies. Uh, and kudos to to Sequoia for hanging in there and defensively making stop after stop after stop and ultimately getting the ball back, you know, in, 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 in by way of a turnover and right. then scoring that touchdown. Yeah, very impressive from them. Uh, move on. We talk about the Alatoona-Etowah game, this one at Eagle Mountain. It was our final time at Eagle Mountain. Um, great game. You know, obviously didn't go the way that Etowah won. It ended up a 16-21 to loss for them. Um, but man, oh man, it, it was a dandy. It was fun to watch. You know, Altoona switched out quarterbacks. It was kind of one of those back and forth games. We were sitting there. You know, it was the famous 200 yards and three rushing touchdowns. You know, that stat that ended up proving itself correct. That was a lot of fun, though. We had the whole crew there, including Dave Garner. It was a full house. Awesome atmosphere. Awesome game. We had a ton of fun doing that one. 
It was WLJA Party of Five. Yeah. And uh, and we had a great time. It was just, uh, you know, I think that was the last time we had Diamond Dave on the mm-hmm. on the broadcast. Yeah. And man, it was. Uh, and we we certainly do appreciate him making uh, making some time out of his taking some time out of his busy schedule to come in and and chop it up with us in the booth with Zach Rose, uh, Ronnie on the spot, myself, and and you obviously will. A great game, back and forth game. You got to remember, Etowah was up. Uh, in that game at, at one point, and then again, you mentioned they they Alatuna switched quarterbacks and a couple of untimely untimely turnovers, and I think all turnovers are untimely. Etowah going in looking like they were going to score, and and a player had a ball stripped, and 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 I think that might have might kind of might have done done the Eagles in, and that's a game that again, we look at Alatuna has shut out their last three opponents. Yeah. They did not shut out Etowah, and you look back and you're like, man, that's – I know there's no moral victories, but but a good showing for the Eagles in that game. Uh, Jameer Maxime was our player of the game, had a nice interception that really almost put them under, but turned yeah. around and Allison was able yeah. to, to come back and score. But congratulations to Jameer Maxime. Moving on to our second to final regular season game, River Ridge and Etowah. This was another game, game that was a lot of fun to call. High-flying to start, trick play early. Trick plays on both sides. It ended up the River Ridge running game being the difference. Had three separate 100-yard rushers. Camden Cox ended up being our player of the game, I believe, in that game. And that was a ton of fun to call and, and cover on that one just because of the action. Yeah, I think uh, at halftime, I think, uh, were they on pace as, as combined to score? to, to A thousand, a thousand total total yards, yeah. Total <laughs> offense. Uh, uh, it was just an absolute track meet um, on both ends. But you mentioned the... 300-yard rushers by our accounts. Uh, I think uh, over well over 100, maybe 200 yards passing yeah, oh uh, yeah, for Specter as well. And and just uh, just uh, again, those are the games. You know, we we do like the defensive battles. I'm I'm an old school. I'm a traditionalist. I you know baseball. I like the the two to one ball game with with some small ball in there. But sure. uh, the home run games are fun to watch too, right? Oh, and fun sure. to call as well. And that was a absolute dandy to call. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the final regular season game, probably the most disappointing out of all of them, I think, and it was mostly just because of the unluckiness, and that was River Ridge and Alatoona. Um, you know, tough night for us <laughs> professionally, tough night for River Ridge. Prof- <laughs> I mean, everything was just – it was a weird night. The full moon was out. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know that it actually was. Yeah. But, but it definitely the Halloween – Trick bag of tricks came out on all of us. Yeah, we it was like tricks, trick or treat, and we got a bunch of tricks, not treats, that yeah. night. Jackson Head ended up being our player of the game. He was one of the bright spots in that one. So again, congratulations to Jackson and, and his family for that one. That was a that was a fun game. And then obviously our uh, playoff game, South Paulding and Sequoia. I had a ton of fun calling it. Appreciate South Paulding for having us out there. You know, we've said our piece about what we thought about how South Paulding behaved. But outside of that, very impressed with Sequoia. And uh, really, uh, you know, you never want to end the season in the first round of the playoffs, but glad that we were able to call it and thankful that we were able to get out there. Yeah, professionally, well, I do want to say, I know we have, we, we did say our piece about, uh, about the game, um, but professionally, I think from the athletic director to the concession staff to mm-hmm. the other support staff over there at South Paulding really uh, treated us very well, and we're very appreciative of them having us, having us out there. Uh, not a, not a, not a hop, skip, and a jump. We no. were out, we were in a unfamiliar territory for sure, <laughs> out there in uh, Spartan country. But uh, uh, you know, a, a game that I believe was uh, was a winnable game for mm-hmm. Sequoia. Uh, they uh, it was going to take a perfect game, and 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 you have you know a turnover that really uh, puts you behind the eight ball. But a, a great game to call for us uh, for the Chiefs. 
and I, my my memorable moment it didn't result in any points but but coach teeter able to take that opening kickoff and just drive down the field methodically yeah. and take off 11 minutes and 47 seconds i've never seen anything in that uh, like that in my life unfortunately he could not cap that off with a touchdown and and you know the the rest as i say is history uh, one thing i do want to point uh touch on i, I know i think I got a text from uh, Coach Buddy, and he was like, I, I'm not quite sure that our defense overperformed. And I said, based on Will, and I said, well, Coach, I said, you guys held, and I tried to explain the, the How the it math. works. Yeah, you yeah. held South Paulding to uh, 11, uh, nine, 11 points. Nine under, points under their average. Average, yep. which um, is overperforming. You did not let them get what they're used to getting. Right. And yeah. that's it. And that's, I don't know if people, like, understand what, what Jamarian Wilcox is so no, running yeah, back if you, will. Seriously, if you haven't seen him, look up his huddle film. I mean, it's just <laughs> – and I don't know if the huddle film does justice because Probably seeing him, the, the eye test, being able to hold, to, to, to hold them to just 28 points, and we thought you were going to need to hold them to 20, 24, 25 points, and you'd have to score 28 to win the ball game. And, yeah. and I think that's kind of how that played out. Yeah. Unfortunately for Sequoia, that kind of ends our – well, absolutely – at about 80% of the way into our broadcast season, we were hopeful that Cherokee could pull it out. Uh, you had one more game, Will, as uh, as you might want to talk about. Yeah, we did Pickens and Hebron Christian. Ronnie on the spot. Cooper got his first color commentary action of, of his career. And, and uh, you know, we talk about bad games. Pickens dropped that one 63-14. to 14. Um, And the weather was about 20 degrees colder than when you and I did the game <laughs> on Friday night. And the wind was blowing about 20 miles an hour faster. So, it, you know, and that was also a drive. I mean, it's in Decula, and there's no shortcut to Decula on a right. Saturday. So, uh, you know, that, that game in particular wasn't one that I, I would consider, you know, fun. I mean, it was fun because, <laughs> because of Ronnie and I. But uh, professionally, you know, it's always an honor to be able to, to do these things. And, you know, this once again, I always say this would be my fifth season, um, being able to grow up with some of these kids. I mean, when I started doing this, I was – 17 years old right you know i was younger than some of the seniors that a were kid yourself this. right <laughs> yeah so being able to grow up and, and and develop into this and you know i i would like to think that i've grown up in the broadcast booth at the same time and you know it's always it's always fun to do so um also been able to you know tap in with dave garner and join him on valdosta state's broadcast and you know some of our local you know broadcasting things with sequoia and etc and things like that i'm able to do so i'm always thankful to all those guys for allowing me to be on there and hopefully you know, the parents at home get a little bit of sense of that, then, you know, we, we do our best. Yeah. And, and Will, I want to go ahead I, I, while we're, we're taking our, our final laps here of the yeah. season, just to, uh, to thank you. And I know we're going to go over our all County team, mm-hmm. but just to thank you and your constant professionalism. I don't know of any other 22 year old that could do what you do uh, and put up with some of the knuckleheads like <laughs> me and Dave Garner and, and Ronnie on the spot, you know, uh, um, but your ability, your organization, uh, your 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 preparation uh, is just is completely professional, and and I, that's something I would think that that somebody that was maybe in their thirties or forties or, or a seasoned veteran, and you are a seasoned veteran at doing this, but just you know at, at your age, you kind of look in the, and and I'll I'll say this: one of my coworkers was listening to the game, and he was like, and I told him how old you were. He goes, "Wow." You should ride his coattails for as long as you can. Is what his comments were, and I was like, I agree a hundred percent. This is, this is absolutely a young man who does a phenomenal job. And I just want to let you know, Will, and you know, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate what you've done and how you've able, you've allowed me to come alongside and be part of this. 
uh, the great broadcast team, as you mentioned, Dave Garner, Ronnie Lespot Cooper, Zach Gross, who's who's also done a phenomenal job. Yeah. We love having him in the booth as well. And, and Charles Burchell back on Master Controls, who makes us sound so good, good like he always does. Uh, and it's just been an absolute fun season. And I, I hope that 2023, that WLJA will have me back um, and, 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 and um, we'll be able to do it again, man, because this was a ton of fun. And I think it. Uh, I feel like it ended too soon. We got to get a. We got to find a way to to get one of these county teams and make another run to the quarterfinals at least to give us a couple more weeks. Yeah, we want to be sitting here on Thanksgiving doing a podcast. We want to be freezing cold. Yep. Outside. Yep. And then in here and thanks. You know, the the day after or the week of Thanksgiving to say, yeah, we're gonna do a podcast. And guess what? After we get our fill of of turkey and all that other good stuff, we're gonna go watch a football game and call a football game. That's what we want. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And thank you for all those kind words. Absolutely. And I, I do want to say, you know, I know Dave. Garner's not going to listen to this. Sure, yeah, uh, but definitely not all, this far. But either. not this far. But I do, uh, you know, Dave, who who did have us have to step aside. I, I really do appreciate Dave and kind of his shepherding of, mm-hmm. of 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 this product that we're able to put out and just his his input and uh, it's just been great. The whole team has just been so much fun to work with. Yeah, and and you've done a fantastic job, and and we Thank appreciate you, you Thank being you. there. I mean. Every Friday, you've been there. Even when I've, you know, died in the middle of a broadcast, you've been there to fill in, and you do a fantastic job with it. And your connections with the coaches and and you know all of that is is beyond measure. So thank you for being on with us. I mean that's that's my pleasure. Thing. It's you're, been my pleasure. You're here for every podcast. You're here for every Friday night. Not not, not every scheduled. You know, I, I do. Well, I I am kind of a diva. Will that's okay. You're here every week <laughs> at some point. So you know we'll take that. But no, in all seriousness though, the 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 uh, ability that we have to to communicate and the ability we have with the players and the staffs that we have, you know, it takes both of us. Absolutely. Not to diminish anybody else, but at the same time, you know, um, Maybe next year we should do like a behind the scenes and let people see what we do in a weekly basis. It's like a vlog. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Just to kind of see what, what we do because, yeah. you know, not, not to toot our own horn, but it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot more than just showing up on a, on a Friday night and calling a game. And I'll never forget. I had an opportunity to, to be on the Northwest Georgia football scoreboard report, uh, Early in the season, uh, after the Calhoun game, yep. and I, I, I think one of the uh, Paul Cavan, who's up in uh, Chattooga County, who does coverage for the Chattooga Indians for Northwest Georgia, and also the Tryon Bulldogs, and he got to call a game. And his one of his comments was, "Man, it's not as easy <laughs> as it <laughs> as it looks." And and I, I completely agree. And and I think we've all we've all had a story about that where you show up and it's like. All right, I got a roster, but do I know these kids? Right, and, and it does get a little bit easier. And again, you're, I wish, and and really, will I want as a play by play guy the the amount of work you put in because I I I do a, a fair share of research, but but in order to call a game, just you know, even I would love a video in the in the in the booth just for you know, you see a play, you call, you see a number. And a lot of times I'm fumbling over it, you know, trying to find a roster, and you've got these guys memorized. It's just an, the the amount of work that goes into it. Uh, to put out a product that everybody can be proud of. And I think that's what maybe you don't see. And I, I would love to do a behind the scenes. And there's a lot of cutting up, too, that goes on. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have a lot of fun doing that. That's, that's the key to all of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's hit a 30-second break. We'll come out on the other end. We'll announce our all-Cherokee County team, and we'll wrap this thing up. So thank you all for being with us. We know this is a long episode. Another 30-second break. We'll be back on the other end with your all-county team. Once again, you're listening to the Cherokee County Football Blitz Podcast.
Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second longest straight A leapfrog rating in the state for 14 consecutive years and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties, including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. At Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Canton, we thank you for the privilege of selling cars and trucks in North Georgia. And that's why we make it our mission to give back to our community. I'm David Booth, General Manager, and during the past few years, we've raised over a million dollars for the Cherokee County School System through our Wrangler Raffle, plus sponsoring a special award for our Teacher and Coach of the Year. Yes, we want to sell you a vehicle, but when you do buy from us, know that we're giving back to our community. Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Liberty Boulevard at I-5. 575 Canton. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Art, it's time for our all Cherokee County team for 2022. We wanted to announce that this is in cooperation with some of our friends. So obviously everybody on the WLJ staff got a vote. That includes Zach Gross. That includes Ronnie on the spot Cooper. That includes you. That includes me. And that also includes uh, a couple of other guys. But we've also added in, we're partnering on this with our friends at HSFB, High School Football Cherokee on Twitter. So if you haven't followed them, drop them a follow. We're partnering with them to release this. So this is a in conjunction meeting with them. We've gone over the list. They've sent us their votes. We all voted. Everybody's vote counts as one. There's nobody that outweighs anybody else. So this is the list we've come to. So here we go with all else. Let's get it out. Coach of the year goes to coach Matt Kemper. Congratulations to coach Kemper. You know, I think this goes without saying. There's yeah. not a lot that has to be elaborated on. Assistant of the year, this goes to Brent Buddy. I think everything that we just said, no no need to elaborate. Also the same for Coach Buddy. I mean, he might want us to elaborate, but we won't. Yeah, we won't. We won't give him that satisfaction. No, he's going to get his name on the graphic, <laughs> and that's it. Uh, offensive player of the year is going to go to the sophomore quarterback, Xavier Mahoney at Etowah. This was a very tightly contested race for offensive player of the year. There are going to be a couple of kids that we'll point out. But Xavier Mahoney, to me, and I think for the, I, I think this was almost a unanimous vote. Mm-hmm. Not so much that it was a wide gap, but in the sense that it was just a, uh, he's he's just an amazing player. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year. We had some diverging votes on this one, but Cayenne Simmons is who got the final nod in this one. So congratulations to Cayenne again. One of the nice senior linebackers over there at Cherokee. Looking forward to seeing his career moving forward. So we will move into this. How this works is we do a first team, a second team, and then honorable mentions. So first-team quarterback is going to go to Ethan Spector out of River Ridge. Congratulations to Ethan. Second-team quarterback will be Tanner Savasir out of Cherokee. And then honorable mention quarterback, Austin Guest. Keep in mind, all these kids are sophomores, all right? So we're going to see these kids grow up a lot. So I would imagine we'll see these t- three again absolutely in the all-county team moving forward. Uh, running back by a wide margin, we all went with Isaac Hubert in this one, not because of the fact that he's going to play running back at the next level just because of his impact on the team. You could even make an MVP case without Isaac Hubert. Creekview would be in a much worse position sure. than they were. Sure. Uh, number two, we're going to give it to Reese Weir. Reese Weir was, a, once again, the Buffaloes. We affectionately referred to him as. Very impressive season for him. Looking forward to seeing him grow into his senior season. And then we gave a couple of kids honorable mentions. Camden Cox, the freshman out of River Ridge. I think the reason he's not higher is because he split the backfield time with a couple of guys. And then Zy Johnson, you know, not a guy that started playing running back, but he came in and really filled in a, and did a nice job for the Warriors and a big part of the reason that they found their way to the playoffs. 
Absolutely, Will. That's a great point there. And you mentioned Cox. Looking forward to seeing that freshman mature over the next couple of years, next three years. And yeah. I'm excited to have a young, young couple of uh, your young running backs. You know, Johnson and, and Hubert will be moving on, but we'll get the Buffalo back and also Cox. Yeah, looking forward to seeing their development. Moving on to the wide receivers, Pops Jamison. He's going to be the nod. Cal Schubert and Malone Pesquera are going to be the three guys that we have there on first team. Second team, we picked two. That's Grant Hollier and Ethan Weedner out of Etowah, so Hollier out of River Ridge. And then honorable mentions, we went Jace Jones out of Cherokee and Will Zazara out of Etowah. So congratulations to those young men. Yeah, one thing about those wide receivers, like we, it, this is kind of a theme for us. Will most of these guys coming back for for another year? So uh, excited to see the production and the improvement year over year from from all of the wide receivers in Cherokee County. First team all tight end. That is Jackson Head. This one really wasn't that close. Jackson Head is is one of the main targets at tight end, and we went with Wyatt Tash at the second position there. No honorable mentions for tight end, not because they don't play, but because the tight ends that do play will be put somewhere else on this list <laughs> yeah yeah it's a yeah that's a good point will and, and not a lot of teams some of those teams use it as an h-back but right. uh we were looking for more production at, at, at receiver and and again jackson had far and away the best receiver in the county this year and wyatt tash doing a great job coming in his first year starting over at cherokee our all-team athletes so these are guys that play anywhere on the offense and and these guys actually mostly play on defense too but we're going to use offensive athletes here uh, that's going to go to Jackson Hancock. He's going to be our first team all-county athlete. Second team, Adonis Garcia. And then third team, and the honorable mention, I should say, Isaiah Coughlin there as well. So those are the three guys for athletes. Again, you could put them anywhere. Running back, wide receiver, they, they do it all. I think they probably even sold popcorn a little bit this year in the probably. stands at some point. All right, offensive line, Andrew Rosinski. Obviously, a great choice there. He's earned three stars for the reason and, and looking forward to seeing his growth. Again, he'll be back. Tate Nelms, another guy, fantastic kid. He started for a couple years now, looking forward to seeing his growth. Uh, Tyler Douthat, he's going to be a guy that's going to be tough to replace there on the left side of that offensive line for Woodstock. Looking forward to seeing his college career moving forward. John Filetra also gets the nod. I think John has solidified himself as one of the top five, at least in our eyes, and, and he was a unanimous choice for this as well. Brady Curl gets the fifth nod. Brady Curl, you know, was a guy that we mentioned was on the defensive line, put on a lot of weight, put on a lot of size, looked very good this season at left tackle for Sequoia and really anchored that offensive line. Honorable mentions here, we have plenty of them. Pearson Sears, the center over at Creekview, he slotted over to center halfway through the season, really liked his progression. John Cassidy was the right tackle for Etowah. He really solidified the right side of that line, did a fantastic job. Teo Agundale, one of the guards for Sequoia, really liked his development. Reed Albers, another guard, that time for River Ridge. And then Javon Chicero, he was a guy that they started out at center, they moved him to guard, then injury kept him out of a few games. So he was kind of a, a, a multiple piece, but talking to Coach Shaw, it seemed like Tracero was one of the guys that really held that line together. Yeah, he was. Will, that's a great group of a great group of ten right there of offensive linemen. And any way you put it, I think the one that really stands out to me is Brady Curl and his ability to move from the defensive side to the offensive side. Those other four guys we expected to be there anyway. Curl doing a great job. We thought coming into the season he was one of our uh, all all re, all county defensive linemen. Yeah. He makes a move over to offense and uh, has a, a tremendous impact there for the Chiefs. So great job to all these young men. It's time for the defensive line. We're going to run a 3-4 defense here on our all-county team. Uh, we'll go with Javon Hobson, Ethan Anderson, and Ty Moores for our first-team defensive line. Second team, Tate Washington, the young man out of Woodstock, very impressed to us. 
on that game that we saw against River Ridge. He made a lot of big plays. Uh, Kenyon Hunter also out of Cherokee. Congratulations to him. And Ian Mariah, once again, know that he's kind of working both ways now, but his play at defensive end has earned him that slot. And then a couple of honorable mentions in Draven Cole, Billy Sir, and then Jimmy Altamirano there as well round out our defensive line group. Yeah, those defensive linemen, those first three, I thought probably the most disruptive uh, group of three that we've seen individually. And, and, and even on that second team, a couple of guys that – Really get after the quarterback, Will. Moving on to the linebacking position. This is some of the deepest. We're going to get back into the back end of the defense here, and it is deep. Uh, Brandon Burdett, Reed Anderson, Tewo Ogundale, and Brendan Dye round out our first-team linebackers. Second-team linebackers and Daniel Young, Chase Montgomery, Carson Gray, and Joshua Harding. And then honorable mentions in Will Hughes, Jamerson Riva, Jack Gibson, and Andrew Burmeister. So congratulations to all of those guys. Again, some fantastic names there that are just, you just think about them exactly with Cherokee County football. Moving on to the defensive back position. Once again, this was another loaded group. Frank Mosley, Cantrell Davis are going to be our first team. Second team, Jameer Maxime and Taylor Cox Young. The difference between all four of these guys, razor thin. And then uh, some honorable mentions in MJ Ayers, Ridley Joseph, and Ryan Martin Jr. The deepest year of defensive backs I have seen in the county out of all five. Yeah, I think uh, each one of these young men would probably have an argument for first team all county. Uh, tough decisions that, had, that that we had to make. But uh, uh, again, a, a very deep class of defensive backs. Uh, we're going to miss a lot of those guys come next season. And we just thank them for the, the show that those guys have put on this yeah. season because it's been a joy to watch. Moving on to the safety position. We didn't differentiate between the two safeties. So there'll be two on this defense, obviously. First team, we're going Cole Sackman and Bretton Darling. Second team, Christian Pansera and Ben Pierce. And then honorable mentions in Vinny Passini and Weston Bergman. Congratulations to all of those guys. And then moving on to the specialists. We're going to go with the kicker. We're going to go Grayson Van Glider for first team. Second team, we're going to go Rodion Avirnov. Okay, Rodion Avirnov, if you're not familiar, took over for Cherokee at the end of the season, booted through a 50-plus yard field goal to send them to the playoffs with that point differential they had to head over Kennesaw Mountain. Looking forward to both of those guys growing. Van Glider only a sophomore, okay? And then punter, we went with Carson Allen, the four-star kicker. He's going to be heading to Mississippi State at the end of this year. Congratulations to Carson. And then second team, we went with Clayton Mixon to round out our specialists here on the All-County team. Yeah, a couple of great punters right there in, in Mixon and Carson Allen. And and again, last season we saw Clayton Mixon. He was extremely acrobatic. I think they figured out that uh, that center punter exchange. Yeah, it looks uh, and better. We didn't see as much of the uh, acrobatics that we had to, but great job by both those young men and all those kickers. And and you mentioned Van Glider. He takes over for Santi Lozano, who moves out, out of state and an um, unproven guy in Van Glider and he comes in and he's very consistent for River Ridge. So, again uh, – to all the guys that we had on, on, on our all-county team, again, we, we appreciate not just you guys. We, we especially want to acknowledge you because we thought your performances uh, stood out yes. uh, above your peers. But to all the young men that played this season, we're just so grateful and have an opportunity to cover you all this season. And one final thank you to all the coaches for being on with us, of course. You know, Coach Kemper winning Coach of the Year and Coach Brent Buddy Assistant of the Year. But being able to communicate with our six coaches the way we do, that coverage is unparalleled. The, the the rapport we have with these coaches that know that we're not there to, you know, gotcha journalism. We're there for their best interest. It's been it's been honestly some of the best conversations we've had with the coaches. Absolutely. And then they're they're sometimes we get to see some of their personality come yeah. out in these interviews. And uh and so we certainly do appreciate that. Um you mentioned all six of them, Coach Hoff, Coach Kemper, Coach Collins. Coach Teeter, Coach Williams, and of course, Coach Shaw, 
who you know we we oftentimes forget about Coach Shaw, so we have to we have to make sure that how could we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna love that one. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. If he listens, you know, he, he, yeah. If he, he doesn't listen to this point, he's never coming on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty simple. Well, I know we've run long. Do you want to do you want to talk about uh, playoffs? You want to do that in a completely different podcast? We can do playoffs real quick. All right, let's do it, Will. Let's. T- I tell you what. Why don't we take a break? We're in the second round. And and how do you want to do this, Will? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's talk about it during the break, and then when we come back, and we'll just give it to them flat out. We sounds will. like a plan. Let's hit a 30-second break. We'll come out on the other end. Once again, you're listening to the Cherokee County Football Blitz Podcast. The number one magazine to read is Enjoy Cherokee. This beautiful, full-color, seasonal publication keeps you in the know with articles about interesting people, fun events, hot restaurants, and cool ideas. Enjoy Cherokee is for busy people who enjoy a lifestyle magazine worth reading and keeping. You'll find Enjoy Cherokee available at most high-traffic locations and mailed free to homes throughout Cherokee County. Join the thousands who don't miss a single issue. Follow us on Facebook and find issues on enjoycherokee.com. Ask for a free publication and enjoy. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. So in order to complete our coverage, we're going to talk about who we think is going to win the state championship. So come August, you can send us a message and tell us how wrong we were by the time all of this wraps up. But we're going to go through the classifications, starting with the largest, working our way down to the smallest. So obviously, common knowledge would tell you that this is a Buford bracket to win. I'm going to say no. I'm actually going to give it to Colquitt County. Well, Colquitt is uh, my number one team. They've been uh, number one in my poll all season long, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I like the pick. Uh, I think the Packers are probably a little, feel a little slighted because all the talk is about Buford. I've got Colquitt and Buford meet, meeting in the semifinals. I like Buford and Mill Creek, actually, in the championship game. Also, Milton. I don't, I don't want to call him a dark horse, but I like Milton to make it to the Final Four. But I like Mill Creek to win a rematch wow. over Big Bad Buford. I'm going to give North Cobb the nod to go into that side of the brackets. Okay. They're going to face Colquitt County, but I like Colquitt okay. County winning that bracket. Big outright. game for North Cobb this coming up week. Huge. Uh, moving on to 6A, this bracket kind of wide open, if you ask me. There's a handful of teams that could really compete here. Talking about Gainesville, Roswell, Langston Hughes, Rome. Uh I don't know that anybody can compete with Langston Hughes. I do like the uh, Gainesville Red Elephants who face Langston Hughes in the championship game, but I think Langston Hughes is going to pull this one out. Yeah, Will, I, I like Langston Hughes. I tell you what, uh, they are going to have their hands full if the semifinals come out, like I believe so, with a Hughes and Rome matchup. That would be an awesome state final. It's going to be an awesome semifinal. I like Gainesville as well to make the Final Four. Thomas County Central is, is is kind of a team that probably hadn't been was flying under the radar early. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Hughes TCC state title game, and I like Langston Hughes. All right, moving on to five A. This bracket got really interesting, mostly because of an upset cast over Jefferson. That was a big upset. Jefferson was one of the teams that I think was would have been a Final Four team, but not so much anymore. Um, you know, you you kind of look at this bracket. There's a handful of teams you could think could win it. You know, I, I'm actually going to take Dutchtown in this one to go to the final, and I think I'm going to put them up against, uh, oh, geez. Let's do Cartersville. Let's put them up against Cartersville, and I like Dutchtown to pull it out. All right. I, I like the Dutchtown Bulldogs over there, and uh, Coach Nikita Battle, who is in his first year yeah. down at Dutchtown. Uh, Will, I had Jefferson in my bracket going to the final four. 
I'm crying because yeah. the Jefferson Dragons uh, weren't able to get it done. Uh, I, I tell you what, this is a, a very, I think this is one of the most wide open brackets besides this in 2A. I really like the Creekside Seminoles, a team that faced Cartersville earlier in the season. If I'm not mistaken, Cartersville got the win. I think Cartersville is going to get upset this week on the road at Cambridge. Mark it down. You heard it first. Preston Klimmer coming out party. Look out. Cambridge in the Final Four. Creekside in the Final Four. Ware County in the Final Four. And Jefferson will not be there because uh, they were upset in the first round. I like your pick with Dutchtown. I'm going to go with Creekside and Ware County in the finals, and I like Creekside to get it done. You know, Creekside hadn't won a state title in a few years. That'd be good for them. Yeah, yeah. All right, 4A, let's take a look at this one. i I got to be honest with you. This is the least familiar one I'm with. Um, oh, I didn't have to look long. Give me Cedartown. They're going to play Perry in the final four. I like Cairo a good bit out of this one. And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't hate Benedictine in this spot. I, th I think Benedictine could be in the final four as well. So I'm going to say Benedictine's going to play Cedartown for the state title. Not going to be particularly close. Cedartown by a big margin to win this one. All right, now, Will, I, I know the people that if we have any listeners in South Georgia, they're going to get on you. It's Cairo. Okay. The syrup makers. Okay. All right. All right. One, of the, one of the best mascot or best, um, you know, team nicknames right. in, in, in the state here. Uh, I like your pick. Look, Benedictine is the defending 4A state champ. They stayed in 4A. Yep. They lost their starting quarterback. All they do is bring back a guy by the name of Luke Cromanoak, who's already already committed to Florida State. All right, very dangerous team. But I tell you what, I think the Stockbridge Tigers are a team to look out for. I've got Stockbridge and Troop in the Final Four. Troop, a very explosive team on offense. I also like the Perry Panthers down there in Central Georgia. Yeah. And, of course, I've been talking about them all along. Cedartown, Harlem Diamond, Book It, Bulldogs, over Troop in the title game. Yeah, that's that's the uh, hammer pick in this in the, any of these brackets. That's the one you know for sure. Uh, 3A, man, this one gets interesting. You know, I had, as you mentioned, I had a chance to watch Hebron Christian in person. They looked very impressive. They're going to face Cedar Grove in the next upcoming round. Don't think they have the ability to get past them. I would like a Daresville out of that bottom bracket. Oconee County doesn't necessarily scare me that much, and neither does a lot of those other teams outside of that. So give me uh, Oconee County facing Cedar Grove. I do like Cedar Grove in that matchup. Uh, I think I'm going to take Monroe area in that top left bracket. I know that's going to be a weird pick, but I like them in that sense. And Stevens County. I like Stevens County out of the bottom of that bracket. Out of all of those, I'm going to go with Cedar Grove to win this one outright in 3A. Interesting. That's a safe pick. Tell you what, I really like Stevens County and what they did. I don't think they get to Sandy Creek. Region 5 has been a juggernaut. You've got Cedar Grove, Carver Atlanta, Sandy Creek. Will, I've got all three of those teams making the final four. I know that's a bold pick, and I'm also going with Oconee County. Region 8 is tough. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they are as tough as Region 5. Uh, a lot of great teams in here. I like Oconee County because of the pedigree. They've been there, done that. They've got uh, a couple of experienced players. Whit Weeks is the one that uh, comes to mind for me, for them, who does a little bit of everything. I think they can ride his shoulders to victory. They got a big win over Lumpkin County. I don't think that um, – Daresville will be able to, to hang with them. I like yeah. the Tigers, but I also saw what happened when I picked a Daresville when they went to Raven <laughs> County. Again, like you, Cedar Grove, my state champ. I've got them over Sandy Creek. All right, 2A, uh, Fannin County champs in this one. No, I'm kidding. I would love for it to happen. I just I just don't see it. Um, you know, conventional wisdom says Fitzgerald probably should be who you pick in this one. North Cobb Christian could also be a team that you could take in this sense. So 
I'm going to take a little bit of home cooking here. I'm going to give me Union County out of the bottom of that bracket. Uh, to the left, gosh, Fellowship Christian seems like a good pick. And then on the right, Callaway is going to face Fitzgerald. I don't think it matters. I think the Purple Hurricanes of Fitzgerald are going to come away with this one yet again. I think they've won 2A three times. Actually, only two times in school history. So okay. last year, they're the, they're the uh, Fitzgerald defending state champs. Uh, they lost their uh, all-star linebacker, E.J. Lightsey, who was a difference maker. All they've done is kind of come back and go undefeated again. Uh, I believe they're undefeated at this point. But Fitzgerald, a strong pick. I tell you what, Will, I believe that Fitzgerald's going to run up against a buzzsaw, a buzzsaw in Rockmart, and I like Rockmart to move on to the Final Four. Uh, Pierce County, the defending Class 3A champion, dropping down to Class 2A. I've got them coming out of that bottom left bracket. I know that's probably a bold pick. They lost a game early to Appling County, a game mm-hmm. that got rescheduled. I think Pierce County is uh, is is going to make a run here. You mentioned Fellowship Christian, uh, Coach Tim McFarland over there coaching. He's been there, done that with Roswell, uh, with Blessed Trinity, and now he's going for the trifecta in that Roswell triangle yeah. with uh, with Fellowship Christian. Uh, but I like Pierce County out of that bracket. Kiwan Brown. Running back for South Atlanta. Yeah. I'm going with the Hornets. Final four. I'm going with them to defeat Applin County. Okay. Defeat Pierce County and bring a state title to APS. There you go. Not bad. When's the last time APS has won a state oh, title? Oh, man. APS is Atlanta Public Schools. Yeah, I, I can't tell you. I yeah. think it's been a minute. I think Several right. minutes. Yeah. All right. Let's move into A Division Two. So there are two A classes here. Um, you know, AD2 is a smaller, this is small. Yeah. Right. Yep. Sm- yeah. Um, Bowden seems like a pretty safe pick out of this side. I know, you know, you're also looking at, uh, Lanier County looks pretty good on this side. Wilcox County's not bad either. I, you know, I, I'm not too familiar with these guys. Christian Heritage is a team that historically is pretty good. I think I'm going to take Bowden out of this bracket. Bowden. Yeah. That's a very interesting pick. I know our friends in Northwest Georgia would really appreciate that. Yep. Uh, as the uh, as the Red Devils as a state title. Look, I got Bowden making it to these uh, to the Elite Eight, but losing to Early County. Early County is a team that won uh, won their region going away. They had a lot of region games early. They also beat Schley County. Uh, I had those teams ranked one and two early in the season. You can't forget about Charlton and Clinch County in here. Um, Lincoln County Red Devils have played well. I, th- I think this is a, a very competitive bracket. Um, I think it, you know, I, I like Sly County and Jay Kanazawa at their quarterback. He threw for, gosh, uh, I think 2,500 yards as a, as a starter last season. I don't have his numbers this year. Sly and Early County met earlier in the year. They're on opposite sides of the bracket. I think that's a state playoff game. I like the Early County brought Bobcats to win that game. 2118. All right. That should be an interesting one. Final bracket here in single A Division One. So let's take a look. Darlington, obviously, they're a pretty decent team after their uh, historical run. Prince Avenue Christian seems like a safe pick. You know, Tryon's not necessarily a bad idea. I know they're not necessarily state championship material, I wouldn't think. Um, oh, gosh. You know, I always love to go north as much as I can. Raven seems like a fun pick. You know, mess everybody up there. I don't think they would actually pull it off. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Raven County out just to say that I did, but I think if you really want to know what I actually think, I think Metter would probably be a safer pick or even Darlington. Wow, you're going with the Metter Tigers. No, I'm going with Raven. Okay, but I think, okay. yeah. Okay, all right, interesting. 
interesting pick. Raven County uh, has not won a state title. I don't know if they've won one in school history. I was doing I my research. So. Um, they've had a bugaboo getting. Uh, they've had uh, phenomenal regular seasons, make deep runs, and then a lot of times get tripped up by teams from South Georgia. I think that's going to be the case. I think Irwin County, a team that. Uh, one of their only losses was to Fitzgerald, a game that they uh, were ahead early, and Fitzgerald had to come back and win that. Fitzgerald, 2A team, uh, Irwin County, uh, A Class A D1 team. I like their running back, Shane Marshall. I also like their running back, Demarcus Lundy, younger brother of DJ Lundy, who's now playing running back and fullback down at Florida State. They've also got a great quarterback, and uh, I'm going to say – Cody Soliday, I might be Casey Soliday, head coach's son down there, uh, does a phenomenal job. I think Irwin County has the experience. I like them over Darlington in the in the uh, round of eight. I've got them over Rabin County in the round of – in the final four. Watch out for Swainsboro down there. Uh, I think those guys, the Swainsboro Tigers, have, have got a dynamic quarterback that can give Rabin County – a lot of trouble on the other side. I think a team that that we might be forgetting here, uh, and I had Brooks County uh, making a run. They lost their their all all state quarterback uh, a week prior. They got beat by Blackley last week, so you can my bracket down here is <laughs> destroyed. But I tell you who I do like: Prince Avenue Christian, Christian. and yeah. they've got a young quarterback and. Um, now his name is escaping me. Of course it is, uh, uh, and I know I'm not. I'm not going to get any help from you. Yeah, Will. no, I'm out. Uh, gosh, I've been singing his praises all season long. But Prince Avenue Christian, Coach Vandegrift over there doing a great job. I've got Prince Avenue over Irwin County on their ability to throw the ball uh, with their sophomore quarterback Aaron Philo is his name. All right, there you go. Redeemed yourself there <laughs> at the end. So. There are picks, so that's not how the brackets will line up, or at least how we think they will. So, Art, we've delayed all we can, buddy. Any final thoughts on the season? Man, it's been a blast. Like I said, I know I said it earlier. Uh, thanks thanks to all of our fans. A special shout-out to those fans who are really big on interacting with us on Twitter, Miss Williams, uh, our out of, out of town fan of the year, Miss Melissa yeah. Williams for sure, uh, Miss Valetra, uh, Miss Jenkins down there at River Ridge, um, uh, Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Nelms, Mr. Thank Cuomo. You. Thank you. Uh, yes. Mr. Weir. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, just, the Mahoney's, uh, yeah. you know, everybody, the Schubert's, uh, yeah. over at Creekview, Mecca Grant, uh, Dr. Pruitt, and we can go on and on. I know we're going to, we're not doing it's it right now. It's an error of the head and out of the heart because yeah. we, you guys have all been great to us this season. Yeah. We're so thankful for you guys being along with us. We're hoping to be back with you real soon. Again, we'll pick this all up in August. We'll be back. And uh, hopefully we'll be here on the Cherokee County Sports Blitz podcast once again. This Absolutely. Should be a good one. We had a, had a blast doing this, Will. This Absolutely. was a great time, man. Us too. So, again, thank you all for being with us. I've been Will Cooper, joined alongside Arthur Mosley for Ronnie on the Spot Cooper, Zach Gross, and all of us here at WLJ. We want to say thank you. And for one last time this season, Art, remember, we're, we're one day closer to Jesus. Jesus. This was the Cherokee County Football Blitz. Make sure to join Will and Art next week for the next episode and each Friday night at 7 p.m. for the Cherokee County Game of the Week on WLJA 101.1 FM.